For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. What can I tell you? It's the only story in town these days with two committees yesterday, one in the morning and the second in the afternoon and all of the papers this morning go to town on both of those committees and the performances or the explanations or the lack of belief for a lot of the members of both committees uh, on their front and inside pages this morning. The Untruth Hurts is the front page of Making the Sun today. Um, A very emotional Ryan Tuberty telling TDs um, that lies were said about him. Uh, Fred emerged that he'd been paid 345,000 more than he declared lies. Of course, we had the seven untruths that uh, he spoke about yesterday morning. At the start of the uh, PAC committee, he faced down two dog committees with his agent and he declared, I could be out of a job by Friday. Uh, Ryan and Kelly blame RTE for everything and anything to do with this crisis. And the only uh, contrite aspect at all from Ryan Tuberty yesterday was that he should have spoken sooner about the incorrectly published salary figures. He says, I'm hurt. My name is Sullied. This is from the front page of the Red Tops this morning. But the TDs um, just didn't believe, particularly uh, Noel Kelly, in the repetition over and over again across the morning and the afternoon that they were just following instructions. Doll out war is the front page making the star today uh, where they went to war with RTE in a bruising showdown yesterday. Uh, the star described Ryan Tuberty as being distraught. He said that he had been unfairly cancelled. He said that he can't leave the house over the street secret payment scandals and he offered to pay the 150 grand top up back. I'll be coming back to that aspect of the story a little later on as to who exactly would he be paying it back to. Renault? I don't think it's Renault's money. I think it's the taxpayers' money. Would he be paying it back to RTE? Uh, so Tubbs, the fight back is this front page in the mirror this morning. And back, as in B-A-K, Backhurst, I suppose. Um, blaming again, chapter and verse, RTE for everything to do with this. Uh, I've been, again, uh, many of the papers hone in on the personal impact on him. I've been barely able to leave my house in weeks. He does want to keep his job. And if you're watching yesterday, he said he wants to go back on air, but he could be out of a job by Friday. He says, uh, with regards to the personal impact, and this is from um, the Mirror this morning. uh, I don't know if any of you have been cancelled before, but let me tell you, you don't want to be there. Uh, He says that um, the National Broadcaster first revealed almost three weeks ago that Tuberty received payments worth 345,000 that hadn't been declared. That's false, he says. Uh, he goes on then to talk about uh, issues involving um, uh, the, uh, the impact that it had on his personal life in quite some detail. The mail this morning says, touch and go if I'm to keep my job. That's actually uh, a quote. He says um, he's battling, really, he said, to save his career, but also to save his good name. He says it's not a Ryan Tuberty scandal. It's an RTE scandal. Uh, it's just there's so much of it. The seven untruths are drilled into one by one in the papers this morning. Uh, Ryan Tuberty put on the performance of his life as he fought for his career and his reputation yesterday. According to the star this morning, they appeared emotional as he banged his fist on the desk in frustration, like we were in some courtroom drama. And in one instance, he looked worn out and looked like he was going to cry over the nature of some of the questions being put to him. And they were tough. Uh, the morning was tough. I think the afternoon was even tougher because they had a bit of time to digest the morning performances by the time it got to the media um, committee in the afternoon. But over and over again, we acted at all times on the instructions of RTE. We trusted the process. Why would we not trust the process? Uh, says Noel Kelly over and over again, both in the morning and the afternoon. If you know, and Shane in the Independent this morning describes it as kind of like a Del Boy and Rodney performance, but he says 
um, it failed. And uh, Fanon Sheehan this morning says that Tuberty ended up just burning bridges. So I will come back to that a little later on this morning with uh, Fanon Sheehan from the Irish Independent. But this morning then in the online news sections, we spotted a story in the Irish Times where the Irish Times actually spoke to um, employees of RTE, particularly journalistic employees and colleagues of his. And, and it's a bit like meeting two taxi drivers and getting two, you know, you take the pulse of the nation with regards to taxi drivers. One saying, you know, what's all the big fuss about here? There's nothing to see here. Leave the man alone. The other taxi driver saying, uh, listen, if he gets away with this and goes back on air again, I'm leaving Ireland. So it's interesting. I imagine that kind of scenario is rolling out in RTE as well. Like one journalist just quoted as saying, people like Tuberty, he's a decent guy. There's no malice against him, but people resent the fact that he's able to go in with a heavyweight like Noel Kelly and extort gargantuan sums. Uh, I think the jury's out. Staff will work with him if he comes back, but it will be awkward. If he doesn't get back in, people will understand why. There's a question mark over his credibility. And another one quoted this morning in the Irish Times Online says, It didn't lance the boil, this reporter said. I feel so angry. From the point of view of people who work in RTE, I would say he's not welcome back. So there's all of that and lots more besides. And of course, the tabloids love to, although I don't think, the, I think I think this was kind of like a drummed up story. The amount of punters that uh, headed off to the pub to, to watch the two committee meetings. I'm sure that some did, but not as many as the papers would lead us to believe. They also talk about um, um, issues involving the baying mob that have come for Tuberty. It's a strong piece in the mail this morning from a very fine columnist of great time for Fiona Looney. And she's pretty much saying, if the baying mob can come for Tuberty, they can come for any of us. They can come for you. And she's talking about um, the reaction to it on Spitter, on Twitter, which is actually... I suppose you should be called spitter. Um, It's a very toxic environment and they really, apparently she's saying on Twitter, tore Tuberty apart yesterday in that online world. Uh, Meanwhile, of course, uh, what are we going to do with RTE? Well, Kevin Backhurst is saying we might sell Montrose and scale it down. It's not needed. Massive amount of acreage could get big money for it. They'd get big money for it and then they'd probably end up squandering it, don't you think? And then the papers this morning, you know their news, kind of half-connected, uh, publish the list of top 10 earners in the UK, particularly the BBC's pay league. Uh, much bigger marketplace, I get that. Much bigger population. But Gary Lineker is uh, streets ahead of everybody else at just under £1.4 million pounds a year, followed by Zoe Ball, who's just under a million. And then in third place, way back half the salary of Zoe Ball, Alan Shearer comes in third at just under 450,000. There are other stories, of course, going on in the UK with a BBC star that everybody seems to know, but nobody can mention. And that is the BBC star where it's supposedly nothing's done wrong because uh, there was nothing underage about it. But it certainly seems to be a lot of backwards and forwards with text messages and all sorts of stuff like that with young people. So that makes the front page of the UK Times today. Oh, incidentally, RTE will be back before the committees again today, not to do with the RTE fiasco, but to do with GAA Go, because they're going to have to defend this pay-per-view gago service. Um, and it's not fair on sports fans. The national broadcaster should be should be broadcasting all uh, of the big, certainly all of the bigger football and hurling matches, but they don't. They charge people for it, like a tenner 
for a single match and you know you can get the streaming service for a season at 79 euro but all of this is just more money going into the RT and GAA coffers in in other news this morning there's a lot with regards to criminality in Ireland one of the reasons I was told that they never had uh, immobilizers or alarm systems in Japanese cars back in the day the Jap imports is that nobody was stealing cars there was no kind of thuggery like that in Japan it might have changed now but they didn't need them because um, uh, even young people um, felt the uh, strong arm of the law in Japan if they broke it and would do time for it. Uh, I mention that only because the Mirror this morning says that nearly 85% of young inmates, when they become ex-inmates, go on to reoffend, and a lot of them reoffending within three years. Wouldn't that tell you that they come out much more hardened young criminals than when they went in? So they become repeat criminals, particularly with regards to um, burglary. But then there was a guy selling heroin down at the bus station. Here's a court report for you. So this fella is down at the bus station, and there's a lot of dealing goes on in that area. Don't kid yourself. So he approaches another man and asks him if he was interested in buying heroin without realising that this uh, would-be customer was actually a plainclothes member of Angarda Shikana. Hands up, lads. Dead to right. Take me away. Dean Seary from Cathedral Road pleaded guilty to possession of diamorphine, which is heroin, and having the drug for the purpose of sailor supply. He was before Olin Keller, who gave him six months in jail. Uh, now, there could have been a much lengthier sentence for that, and I think he... Um, he did well in getting just the six months, but uh, he had another 131 convictions, um, not for selling drugs, but for having drugs and being drunk and a danger to others, threatening and, be- and, and abusive. So six months for trying to sell heroin to a plain clothes guard. In other news then with regards to our courts, you know the way it is that uh, for a lot of uh, court cases, certainly allegations of sexual offences, you can have character references in court, um, particularly we've heard of it and see it a lot with regards to people who are accused of and are on trial for rape. Uh, and, and let's say if they, for instance, are found guilty of that rape, the character references that are given on their behalf can be taken into consideration with regards to mitigating the sentence, etc., etc. Well, this morning the examiner is saying that a person who provides a character reference for someone convicted of a sexual offence such as rape can be cross-examined in court under proposed new laws. So there's an interesting one for you. And I know that we talk a lot on this program about sex education and whether it's too young for children to be introduced to all of the nitty-gritty, the rumpy-pumpy. But um, certainly that's the new world we're living in because the last time there was an an overhaul of sex education was more than 20 years ago and things have very much moved on since then. So the new Leaving Certificate Sex Education Curriculum will, according to The Independent this morning, normalise lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, LGBTQ plus identity relationships um, and families rather than having them marginalised um, um, as standalone lessons. They'll be brought in as one big lesson on sex education and the different types of relationships and will make everything normalised in the eyes of society. I love what they're doing in Killarney. Um, have a think about this. They are banning one-use coffee cups. So you won't be able to get a coffee from a kiosk or a takeaway and literally drink it and throw it away. You just won't be allowed to do that. One of the things that you will need to do if you want to do that, you've got to pay a two euro deposit for it. And then you can bring it back to any uh, coffee seller or vendor or kiosk, any one of them, and you can get your two euro back. It's a thing called the two go cup, as in two euro go cup. 
equally you can just sit down and have a good old-fashioned cup of coffee, but they're just fed up of single-use coffee down there. What do you think of that? Do you think that would roll out well in Cork? Um, or indeed an entire ban across the country, that if you want it, you pay for it extra and you bring it back then for a refund. And the independent, you know babies are very greedy in the womb. They will take anything from mother to survive and to thrive in the womb. It's men's fault that babies gestate like that in the womb because they have the dad's greedy gene. Just thought I'd tell you that. And the papers this morning also talk at the other end of the spectrum uh, to those that are retiring. Far from dead, incidentally, just retiring. Don't get me wrong. Next chapter of life. It's coming to all of us, some state. So nearly a third of Irish people over the age of 55 said that they would like to live overseas when they retire. I guess it's a climate thing, maybe a cost of living thing. Mind you, there's 8% of them said that they would just like to move to a regional location somewhere in Ireland. So 8% want to stay in Ireland, uh, nearly a third overseas to sunny climes. If you're contemplating it, you might like to know that the most popular locations to retire are um, Portugal at 11%, the UK at 10%. I could wonder why. (laughs) I would have thought that it would have been Spain first, but actually Spain comes in at third. And then the USA and Germany. That's your top five to mull over if you're approaching retirement. Where would you go if you were retiring? What would you like to do? Uh, Where would you like to spend it? I mean, I suppose really kind of like a maybe a, a blended way of living would be, you know, the summers in Ireland and maybe the autumns and the winters in a hotter climate. But where would it be? Text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Text first, then calls, then audio. You're like a kid in a sweet shop with regards to the Ryan Tuberty story, Neil. I'd rather go to the dentist than watch all that crap on television, says Jim. I've been listening to you since ERI. Fair play to you, Jim. And thank you. That would certainly be around about what? 1984? Um, see how much money Ryan Tuberty was getting? It's unbelievable. Nobody, and I mean nobody, should pay the television license, says Marie. As Bertie would say, uh, we will have a whip round. Will he manage to cry, I wonder? This is a text from yesterday. Almost did cry. Uh, Until D Forbes answers questions, Neil, the jigsaw can never be finished. As Tuberty can give an account that we can only listen to, it's just his account. Also, the clearing of the board should not have happened until everything has been seen and cleared up. That's a very good point. By clearing out the board, those that are gone and those that have not um, any skin in the game anymore can't be heard at any follow-up committees. Um, What we can see now, why the panto was a flop, Everybody say, ah, go on then, kiss his ass and listen to us being filled up with this bullshit. He's just a greedy little man. I wouldn't be a person to sit down and watch the Late Late Show unless I knew in advance that somebody I wanted to hear was on it. But what would I say about Ryan Tuberty is that he is the only person from RT who actually went in on his own without being summoned in to appear before the committee. He volunteered. D Forbes ran for cover and all the rest of the board are now either resigned or went before they were fired. Ryan has gone up in my estimation, says Pat. I asked Jim O'Hearn to watch them yesterday, come back and report on what he thought. He joins me by phone. Jim, good morning. Hello, boy. I'm good. Uh, can you hear me? Is that an okay phone line? Pleasure to sign up. Oh, it's far from fine. Just try moving around there, otherwise I'll come back to you in a few minutes' time. I'll take down and look and just move over around there. Me too, six. How much of it did you see yesterday, incidentally? I, I didn't watch any of it, Neil. To oh, be honest, okay. Right? So I, you did. Okay. So, so okay. I'm going to try to keep my head clear. But, well, I, I heard some of it on the radio and I heard all the stuff you, that you've done as well, you know? Okay. But uh, I suppose my point in it, Neil, is, is we're all being sort of 
a bloody why didn't why didn't you watch it though why why didn't you just enough time or you working or what well, you're working as well, but we're listening. But it's just our lies. I mean, your man Kevin Barkas, no, that's been put in there as a director general, right? I mean, that's like, he's, he's the understudy. She's going to get no true hold of him. He's only been bought in to, 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 to stop the collateral damage. He will be the one that will ultimately decide, um, also talking to the staff of RT, whether Ryan Tuberty goes back to work or not. Yeah, but it's not just about Ryan Tubbery, it's about everyone, you know. It's like, what, what skills have he, has he got as an accountant to, to even look at the book book and the robbery that's going on in there? I think, they've, I think they've acknowledged all the things, did, those, thing, those things did all happen. The silos, the bunkers, the extravagant spending, the wild spending, the World Cups, the flip-flops, the concert tickets, the meals out. Take that as all fact, like he knows that. Yeah, but who's going to be accountable for it? I mean, they, they, I, I, you know, there's a few things... You know, imagine trying to get your bloody TV license coming up to ground next year. Not a hope in hell, and people won't, you know? Yeah, but there's an easy way that they can rectify that. And don't kid yourself if you think they won't. They will make it a direct charge, uh, or they will take it at source, or revenue will collect it. Are you for real? I'm telling you, that's the one way they can get it. The hasn't been sorted. The housing hasn't been sorted. Are you for real? This is going nowhere. This is going nowhere in the sense that they won't come up with another plan to gather the license fee if people refuse to pay. Are you that naive? Come oh, on. Oh, no, they'll, they'll, oh, listen, they'll, they'll, they'll put you to jail for the license fee if you can be damn sure about that. But they can put tens of thousands of people in jail and tens of thousands won't pay. Uh, they, they won't. People will just cover down after a couple of days. If you're up before the judge, you're going to cover down and pay it. There's no one going to go to jail. But very few people will go to jail. But they listen, they have the wrong man inside us. What, what's he got? He, Kevin Buckers. He's got two languages, French and German. That's it. And he walked, with, he walked in the BBC, on the news and stuff. Like, he's, he, that man has no life skills to sort this out. But to be honest, yeah, I don't know the man, there. nor his pedigree as a, as, a, as a boss of RT, to be honest. But I'm he's, assuming... He's the acting director of the, he was the acting director general for six months. You want to tell me he didn't know what was going on there? I wasn't part of it. He's hit the ground running, right? He said he's going to. He's thinking of selling the entire RTE campus. He cleared out the board. He said that he will make a decision quickly on Ryan Tuberty. He doesn't seem to be one that puts things off. Yeah, even millions that have gone missing up there is horrendous. Remember now, all these like Tuberty, they're all self-employed, right? I'm not too worried about how much they made. I'd be concerned about how much tax they've paid. I can guarantee you, they've paid nothing, and I can guarantee you, they've loads of homes while the rest of us have none. Well, you didn't watch yesterday when Ryan Tuberty says he's 100% tax compliant, fully paid up. Tax compliant and paid up doesn't mean you pay tax, Neil. How silly are you? <laughs> just says, I know, look, they're self-employed. <laughs> if you're self-employed and you have five million coming in, you can buy five million pounds worth of properties and pay no tax. Uh, how many do? How, 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 how can you do that? You invest your money, you're self-employed, you invest it into property, and the property becomes part of your portfolio. Yeah, but Jim, you, but you have to pay the tax on it first before you buy the no, property. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you, if you have five million pounds in your account and you're buying a property, it's not taxable. It becomes an investment. It's tax-free. Ask your accountant. No, no, but how did it get into your account in the first place without you paying tax on it? They're self-employed. They get. They don't get stamped, and they don't pay stamp and tax the same as the army man and woman walking in the shop. But should the highest rate, the highest rate of tax, including USC and everything added to it, is somewhere like fifty-seven percent. Are they paying that? I guarantee you, don't know. Well, I and mean, get an account, get an accountant in and ask him. You'd ha- even just to figure it out. You'd have to pay it when you go over the forty grand or the is it forty or fifty grand threshold. You're in the higher rate of tax, where you're taxed 
at the very highest rate on everything, or else you're dishonest. But that's if you're an employee, that's no. self-employed. But no, the tax rates are the same for people who are on contract and self-employed. There's loads of stuff out there, Neil, where you can invest your money and avoid paying tax. Uh, pension funds you can put it into. But everyone can do that. If you had the money. Oh, the incidentally, everyone can do it. it, yeah. But a lot of people can do it much better if they've huge amounts of money. I accept that. But the kind of, like, the same rules apply to everybody. Well, listen, get on an accountant and ask him. All right. And ask him where, the, where, where, where how could we avoid tax if you would top his money? You, yeah, well, you would, you would, you would have, you would put it in a company, right, where it would sit and you could invest it or or pay corporation tax on it and then draw a salary from your company and pay the proportionate tax for it. Or you could leave it there and just leave it, keep accumulating. But you'd be paying corporation tax on that. Only if you pull it off. Which is, no, no, it's... All right. Okay. Well. Okay. I know. Ask an accountant. Okay. Get somebody on and ask him. But you know, look, I think I think the guy that's put in there, I charge Martina, who's only there just to mop up the, the media stuff and to control it, and we 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 won't get the truth. You know. I mean, the whole thing should go into receivership. There's no other company in the country would be allowed to carry on like this. Um. So you you uh, having not watched it yesterday, you don't know whether he'll survive this or get his gig back no? So I, I, I don't listen. I don't, how's he going to get it back? So, even though we all we're all mad about him, let's face it, we've had every Christmas with the guy. He's loved around the world. But I'm not on about. I'm not worried about the man at all. I'm just on about RT. I think the whole thing needs to go into receivership. They need to go in and they need to do, do something to sort it out. Right. It's our money. Okay. Too much of our money gone in there. All Especially right. when we go to jail if we don't, you know, pay the fines. It's it's bigger than just the money going in there. You know. All and right. plus they've stopped small radio stations getting some of that money as well, which they're entitled to. That all needs to change as well. You can't be RT, take all the ads and all the, the, the revenue from the TV licences as well. It needs to be shared out. Well, a TV licence, there's advertising revenue and there's sponsorship. So there's a lot yeah. of money being made that a lot of it. is exclusively RT. All the media is now and, and soft to soft. All right, let me take to pa- talk to it. Paul. Thanks, Jim. Paul, good morning. Good morning, Neil. On the other hand, you watch both sessions. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to watch both sessions, yes. Okay. Did you stick with it? You did not offer anything or head away for a while? No, no. Because it became became quite repetitive, I thought. It's very repetitive. And and I think the only winners out of yesterday's two sessions were the members of the public because they got to see, bear in mind, they're having to go at Ryan. Don't get me wrong. I'm no fan of Ryan's, but I'm a fan of the fact he's an independent contractor and he's got the rights to work for who he likes when he likes and get paid what he likes, which is the deal done with his agent. But at the end of the day, there was loads of TDs that were being, you've already said it, being repetitive. There was loads of TDs that the chairperson had already thanked them for being there and everybody that came on had to thank them for being there. And it was actually, that was just as much as a waste of public money and public time because... If I'm correct, I think a lot of these TDs actually get money for being on these committees. Oh, they do, yeah. There would be 10 to 15 grand in that. Yeah, there would. Exactly. So why are they getting 10 to 15 grand to be sitting on a committee that's doing their normal work hour week, you know, as an extra? Mm. Like, how much is that money's being wasted per year, Mm. per TD? Good point, yeah. If it's within Dahl Dahl work, yeah, why would you pay extra for it? Yeah. 
exactly. Yeah. You know, and the fact that... Did, did you hear any sensible questions at all yesterday? Yes, I, I, I think there was some sensible questions, maybe, what, half a dozen? And you consider how many people they're asking questions. You know, you're probably talking less than 10% of the whole sessions, both morning and afternoon. Um, they were actually worthwhile listening to. And and I can see why there was complete frustration on Ryan and Noel's faces when they've turned around, um, given as much information as they can and been open about it. Um, you know, two of the incidents, there's one lady there, I believe her name was Amelda Munster. She was on both committees the public accounts committee in the morning and the media and tourism one in the afternoon. And in the morning she was asking questions, but then she wouldn't let Noel or Ryan finish giving an answer. She would, you know, just cut them off. And then in the afternoon, I think she, at lunchtime, she turned around and went and looked at her social media, realised she got a bashing. And then in the afternoon she was a bit more polite, but she actually asked exactly the same questions. I wonder how so, conscious are committee members of the fact that this is being aired on television for all to see? And are they a bit like, I think Ryan Tuberty was kind of playing over their heads, somebody said on air this morning, and playing to the public, playing to the gallery. He was actually not talking to the committee all the time, he was talking to the people of Ireland. Do you get me? Oh, completely. But if you think about it, he's an independent contractor. So that's his livelihood. So he has to play to the public and he has to be sort of self-accountable type of thing. So I, I don't blame him. I, I mean, Neil, I think you're an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. You probably would have done the same. Done the same what? Like you'd have given responses like Ryan was given. Like you you would have sort of essentially a little bit played to the public. I think any independent contractor that works for RTE or Virgin Media or, or well, BBC or It's not whoever, lost on me at all, the fact that Ryan Tuberty yeah, is fighting absolutely. for his career and fighting for his reputation. Yeah. And, who would want to be in that situation? Good God. I mean, like the man can't go outside his front door. He describes being cancelled, uh, which is yeah. a, a shocking thing. But I don't think many people believe this business about the contracts, you know, and uh, the barter account and paying it through a UK company, uh, an invoice that was marked as consultancy fees, where apparently it's alleged that RT said, don't put Ryan Tuberty's name down it. And they did all of that thinking it was the right thing. I mean... You know, well, you, you don't like it. I, I would, I would, this is where I think a lot of the people in the public domain might not understand what independent contractor means and, and the services that an independent Well, independent contractor contractors issue invoices, but their name yes. is on it and the company name is on it and they don't circumvent it by going to a third-party UK company where there's zero VAT and, and think that that's okay. Now, Ryan says that he knew nothing about that. But if that was the case, did he not put too much trust in one man? Possibly. But then again, did both him and his agent put too much trust in RTE? We don't know, de- do we? Well, that was their defence yesterday. Exactly yeah. that. Um, but I mean, I mean, uh, when you, you know yourself, when you're a self-employed um, entity, as you might, you know, you're contracted to perform um, work or provide services. And... You know yourself, your name does not necessarily have to be on the invoice. Whatever your limited company is or your sole trading company is, it will turn around and say, for instance, you know, I, I can't remember. They did mention what Ryan's company was called. But Total Productions. If they turn, that's it, yeah. If they turn around and said in his first contract, this is, I think it was, was it 205 radio shows and 38 
TV shows, then that's what they would invoice for. They wouldn't necessarily... Yeah, but what, what, what would the invoice, invoice say? Why would Noel Kelly use a different company that he owned and not the company that he was negotiating through? Why would he, why would he do that? Why would RTE because say, um, invoice the barter account in the UK, which is the RTE slush fund account? I mean, that stinks. Probably does, but you have to talk to somebody about RTE. There's, I can't see that as an independent contractor and Noel Kelly is his agent. They've, they've done things, it seems like they've done things within the, the realms of the law and what you're allowed to do as an independent contractor. Not if they're trying, they're not if they or RTE are colluding to hide the payments to make it look like there was a pay cut of 20%. Yes, there was, but it was also uh, cushioned by these three payments of 75 grand that negated the pay cut. But I, under, I understand that as to be a separate contract. That's like, that's like me being Red FM and I ask you to do 80 shows a year, Neil, but then I've got Ford coming in as a sponsor saying, oh, we'd like to be your main sponsor for five years. Um, could we get one of your, you know, your show stars to come and do some appearances, please? Mm. You're going to charge that separate to the contract that you're doing. Who do I charge, day. though? Well, that's the thing. Do you charge Red FM because they were the one that set the deal up or do you charge Ford directly? I mean, in this case, it was Renault. Yeah. So, well, Renault didn't you know, pay. Renault only paid one year. RTE paid the other two. Do you know what I mean? I, I mean, I know we, we sound as if we're splitting hairs now, but I'll tell you one thing. You must agree with me. They didn't believe that narrative yesterday. They didn't believe oh, that no, explanation. certainly not. Okay. Certainly not. And I think that um, RTE made a mistake. I think they should broadcast and publicly open up their records um, with regards to uh, the amount of money they bring in and then I think they should turn around and go we brought in X amount of money this year and we spent this amount on wages and this amount on independent wages so I think that unless they get the express permission of people like yourself as an independent contractor or Ryan Tuberty or Ray Foley whoever it is that's working for these companies Unless they've got their permission, they shouldn't be putting their wages out there without their permission. Ah, no, well, it's public money, so uh, if the taxpayer pays, the taxpayer needs to know. Could I just ask you but finally on G the... There's, GD there's GDPR laws there regarding that as well. Unless you've got ah. the person's permission to put their wages out there in the domain, you can't do it. Mm, don't think GDPR would stretch that far. I mean, I think it would because it's personal information. Okay, yeah. maybe maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. So, on the basis of what you saw yesterday, simple question for you: Will Ryan Tuberty make it back on air? I think if your man Kevin Backhurst does a proper clear out, and bearing in mind, I think your previous caller said, "Oh, he was at the BBC." Yeah, but he was also. I think he, I believe I'm right in here, and he was also. He was like one of the head guys at Ofcom in the UK. Yes, he so was. he knows the ins and outs. So he's not going to be, he's no slouch and he's not going to be, um, you know, putting up with rubbish, I would imagine. So, like I said earlier, I'm not a fan of Ryan by any means, but yeah, I think he should go back on the radio. Okay. Thank you for that. Have a good day today. Appreciate you taking the call. Text 0868104106. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Jim. Back after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 Red FM. Back to the phone lines we go. Jim, good morning. Hang on a second. You can hear me now, Jim? Good morning. 
Good morning. Okay, do me one favour there. Just hold on there because I want to get some audio on the air and come back to you after the audio. These are some of the highlights from yesterday morning, which would have been the PAC, the Public Accounts Committee. By clearly and unambiguously at the very outset this morning, uh, state that, that I'm truly sorry for all of this and for any part which I have played. And uh, be it consciously or unconsciously and anything that has contributed to the debacle that, that we're dealing with today. Full transparency and disclosure on RT's part, I'm sorry to say, would simply have avoided so much of this. I wasn't aware of any of this fiasco when I decided to retire from The Late Late Show. I made my initial decision to leave The Late Late Show pretty much a year ago. It was very personal. It was made in the heart and in the soul. This issue has caused a lot of distress and it's entirely a mess of RT's own making. Just last month, on the 23rd of June, RT published new figures. Effectively, they restated figures for payments to Ryan for 17, 18 and 19 and added in declarations for figures paid to him in 20 and 21. Bizarrely, the figures they declare for both 20 and 21 are wrong. In both years, they overstate the amount they paid Ryan and we address this issue on page 28 and 29 of the pack. He's been made a poster boy for this scandal and that's undeserved. This is not the Ryan Tuberty scandal. This is the RTE scandal. So you had asked them that they underwrite. They confirmed that they were underwriting the agreement. They were putting it through the barter account. You were told not to put a name on it. You knew exactly what it was for. And you didn't flag that up. You went along with it. And yet you say there was nothing secret about the deal. There was nothing secret. We simply acted under instructions from RTE. Yeah, yeah. Your own um, preference at this stage about going back working for RTE. Yeah. What's your own... Oh, I, I don't have any doubt. I, I want to go back to work on the radio uh, as soon as possible. Uh, I think that hopefully people will see what I've said today and will, will hear what I'm saying today and they'll realise that a lot of what's happened over the last three weeks, I've been dragged into a mess not of my own making. With your colleagues? Deputy Evelyn. With my colleagues. The, uh, the only thing I have for my colleagues is respect. We, people have families. Yeah. Just think, it. people yeah. need to think about it. I mean, you got, you're a public representative. You know what it means when you're in the middle of something. You get that. No, I'm not, this is my first rodeo, being in the public eye. But I've never seen anything like it. I, I don't know if any of you have been cancelled before, but let me tell you, you don't want to be there. So, so just... And there was no, no, no connection between this fiasco and my departure from the Late Late Show, I promise you. The inclination, the intimation was that yourself and Dee Forbes had a particularly, he was aware that you had a particularly close relationship. Yes. And that's yes. not what you said earlier. No, as I said, I don't even have a cup of tea with her. Like literally, I've only ever met her with her lawyers and her accountants. There was no 20% uh, drop in salary, in real terms. Um, and to say so has no credibility whatsoever. Not, I've not sat down in front of an RT management person in 20 years to talk about money, contracts, anything like that whatsoever. That's why I have Mr. Noel Kelly. But are you... I've, I've been ba badly damaged by the last three weeks, as, yes. uh, to be honest with you, but not necessarily by RTE as an institution. I think there are people that I'm dying to get back to work with, like most decent Irish people, they, they're making a, an honest living and they're working hard to pull to get together the shows and I want to be back with them 
I had my beef, with, obviously, with, with some people there, as is obvious in the documents, but uh, I still see my future there, yeah. Okay. Okay, this was a contract with Renault for services at RTE and Renault, are, are, again, are, 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 the, are the parties. Well, those services were not provided, yeah, but the payment the was made. At, at, to be honest with you, by 2022, they all would have been provided if, there was, if COVID wasn't there. Or we the know first that. Three years, we know that. So now, the six, so now there's six uh, roadshows out. Just, just to say uh, thank you to the committee for the courtesy which, which they've afforded us with their questions today. I'm sure there are more pressing issues in the world, but at the same time, that's not to belittle what we were talking about today. Thank you for your time and thank, thank you for sharing Thanks. Okay, with regards, that's, uh, thank you to the Irish Times for that audio. That was the morning session, or at least uh, some highlights from it. COVID became a bit of a get-out-of-jail card, didn't it, over the last... Uh, three weeks with regards to these invoices and the back and forth and this side deals with uh, Renault but certainly yesterday Jim morning certainly yesterday morning. Um, both of them referenced lying now Ryan Tuberty said that lies were told whether intentionally or not by people in RTE uh, Noel Kelly came back and he actually said a lot more than that he said there were lies told and the lies are being told by, by RTE you watched both of it what did you make? Uh, at times it was compelling stuff my conclusion would be that the, the sympathy I have for Wayne Tuberty is, is immense, and I I I, I watched the late, late show when I can, but I wouldn't go out my way to watch it. But um, you see, he's not the first late late show presenter to put his trust in one man. Are you referencing Gay Burns' accountant? Of course. Yeah. Who cleaned him out? And you saw and you saw that what that done to Gay Burns. How, how Gay Byrne came back after that, I will never know. So Gay Byrne, many people will know, but for those that don't, he was probably the greatest presenter that Ireland ever had, radio or television. He was just an immense talent. And over the years, of course, he wouldn't have been paid anything like the money that they're being paid there now. But he did manage to accumulate and save money, which his accountant was supposedly looking after. And it ran into hundreds of thousands of punts at the time. Uh, and the uh, his accountant squandered it and spent it all and mismanagement mismanagement and uh, Gay Byrne was left penniless because he put too much trust in one man right? Exactly exactly and this this is what Wayne Tubbley is after doing with Noel Kelly he, he, he referred to him yesterday as his friend and you know maybe he is his friend and, and but the two of them are in it together now because of Noel Kelly Noel Kelly was hiding invoices from, from various companies but you see, this problem will never go away because the most important person won't come before the Loctus and the Steve Forbes. Yeah, and the chances of and, that happening are snowballs, right? Now, now in fairness, in fairness to Ryan Tubbardy, he volunteered to come there. He wanted to be there yesterday. And I, I know I know your listeners will say this and that, and they want your opinion, and I respect their opinion. But I think that Wayne probably was thrown on the bus. Look at the late, late shows and, and true Wayne, what he's after, what he's after, well, mostly, which is nearly all of us, is the people of Ireland that donated, that donated every, to the, you know, the, the, the toy show and various, various uh, uh, fundraising committees and things, you, you, you name it. I, I can count about 16 million that that man is after raising and the people, the people of yeah, Ireland, the people yeah, of Ireland. I, I know that, and that, that, that's what makes it all the more unfortunate. And I'm a firm believer in allowing people to make mistakes and get up and to forgive them and let to get on again. And I hope to God that 
you know, um, that he does come through it. I really do. Um, I want, but, I want, but, but, I want. but, 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 the kind of money he was earning, if it was north of 450 grand and some years well over half a million, why would you be looking for more? Why would you be looking for more at a time when people were taking pay cuts? Why wouldn't you be aware that an agent was negotiating with RTE to get you more money at a time when people were taking huge pay cuts? We all took pay cuts, massive ones, and we had them for two, two and a half years. Of course, yeah. It's, agree, I, it's I, greed, I, isn't it? It's greed. It, well, you see, you see, like, Noel Kelly, like, he's working on behalf of his client. And the more he can get for his client, the better it looks for him. But, you know, you know, I, I keep pointing back to Noel Kelly. At times, just looking at it, he was flustered. He was, he was, he was kind of evasive. Uh, he was putting on and taking off the glasses. Body language, if you know what I mean, wasn't wasn't the best. He was thinking, and then of course behind him he had his legal team, one individual, who 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 at times it it interact, saying you can say this, and he'd hand him a document. It was very good, but. My bottom line was Wayne Tobler. I hope Wayne Tobler is in the in the in the the, the, the radio program. I, I I honestly do. I think he's a good man. Um, he RT like and I think so some some somebody sent you a message out spoke to Suitsman about people allowed jump ship before this really this really the, yeah well the RT executive those that either were resigned in inverted commas are yeah. are quit they they, they no. no longer will have anything to say on this now they're they will yes, just but, but plead I, the you fifth. Might, you might, this is where you might help me this is where you might help me if you want to resign from a company must the company accept your resignation if you want to resign from a company must they accept well they can try and talk you out of it but if you want to go um you can they, go. they have to sign you off they have to sign you off don't they yeah yeah well you and talk what, you, and what, yeah and what do they sign you off with do they sign you off with rumination package i would Whatever. i would think so i would think that there might be something like that i mean he have, he didn't directly answer that question uh, kevin backhurst when he asked whether or not there would be exit packages for those uh, well, if that's, if that's the case, this is more, more of a debacle for RTE because they're allowing these people going and they're paying them to go. Don't know if it's, they, I don't know if it's going to play out that way, but it potentially could play out that way. Yeah, but that's it. You but believe that Ryan Tuberty acquitted himself very well yesterday, uh, but it's no Kelly is his downfall. I, 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 th- I think so. 80% of the, 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 the blame lies no Noel Kelly. Um Wayne Tubbley acquitted himself very well. He, he, you know, I, I, I feel, I just feel he was speaking from the heart. And remember, he said at one stage, I can't go outside my front door. Like, this me. And I, I know what other people are going to phone in and say, Jim is talking bull, you know. And, and would, would I pay my TV license? Of course I would. Mm. Of course I'd pay my TV license because you're keeping good people very good people in a job in RT. Okay, okay, all right. Okay, thank you, Jim. Thank you for that. Uh, we'll come back to that after 10. So do text 0868 Pick up the phone on 0818 And more audio for you. Uh, yesterday morning on the air, uh, I had uh, James O'Connor, the East Cork Fianna Fáil TD. I keep an eye on that uh, that guy. I think he's going places, James O'Connor. I really do. I think he's some serious... Fl- I know we, we're very hypocritical of politicians and political parties and what have you. He was on the air with me yesterday morning. I was asking him the questions that he would ask 
desk at the uh, PAC committee um, and he gave me chapter and verse and he, he kind of lived up to that, particularly with one point, the frustration of the time at which they received all of the paperwork yesterday morning and he put that because they didn't get it till half past eight yesterday morning. I mean, in reality, they should have delayed it and said, we're not having these qu- committees today because you only gave us the documentation at half past eight on the morning. We're going to defer for 24 hours because you just can't digest all of that information so quickly. But this was him yesterday at the PAC addressing uh, Ryan Tuberty. Well, it's a good question. I just want to ask, how long does it take you to prepare for a major act coming on the Late Late Show? It takes, it takes days and weeks. Okay. This is a 39-page document, right, just for people who are not aware what it looks like. This, this document was provided to us this morning. This came into our Microsoft Teams account this morning uh, at 8.23, uh, if I'm correct, right? Yes. 39 pages. Yes. The meeting commenced at 10.30 in private session here today. Yes. That's not that much time to go no, through I, pages. I understand. And I, Can you and accept, I, just one second. Yes. Can you accept how that's, it's not physically possible for anybody here to comprehensively go through that yeah. information? That was, that, was, that, that was unfortunate and, and I, I have to say I do apologise to every single member of the committee for that. Uh, it has been a torturous three weeks. No, Wait, no, no, please, I, I please allow me to finish I, I, the sentence. Unfortunately. No, no, but unfortunately, you have to... There's what's gone missing in the last three weeks. Just briefly. Is, 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 here, like, forgive me. Yeah, just briefly. There's just been a humanity just, bypass a bit here. Okay, so I just, just, just bear with us. We have worked tirelessly to put this document together. Okay. And we got it in when we could. And I apologise. Well, assuming then they must have worked through the entire night of it and finished it at half past eight. Uh, but one wonders whether that was an intentional ploy to confuse the committee um, by sending it to them at half past eight on the morning of the hearings uh, so that they wouldn't have time to forensically examine it. Back after 10, text 0868 Now, the Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. Can I wish a happy retirement to uh, a really, really lovely guy, Joseph McCarthy, Joe McCarthy, who retired and drove his last taxi on Saturday. I saw some lovely photographs on my Instagram page yesterday of his last day driving the taxi. He was with, with his compadres on Saturday. They gave him a beautiful cake, perfect retirement cake, a Swiss roll with the taxi up on top of it and a big beaming smile of the man himself. Uh, great guy, uh, dad to Tom McCarthy in New York and uh, all their family wish him well and so do all of us. Actually, for many years, uh, Joseph McCarthy himself was uh, the head, head doorman or as we would say back in the day, bouncer at Chandra's and a damn good one he was too. So happy retirement, my friend. May you have uh, many, many years of happiness ahead. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0810406. Massive amount of texts on this particularly from those of you that watched it, indeed some texts from those that didn't and said they never would. Uh, just watching both committee meetings yesterday, a thought struck me. Did Ryan do a gabo on it, putting too much trust in one person? To be honest, you're not the first person to say that this morning. Uh, Neil, if it went on much longer, I'm sure Tubbs and Kelly would have announced their engagement at some stage. Another person says, come on, a job that's one hour a day and has that many holidays, should not pay that much money. Tuberty's shows, both TV and radio, pull in about £10 million a year in advertising. His wages make up around 4% of this. Enough of this taxpayer money bull, please, said Podrick. Um, if you're going to go on and on about how this has affected this greedy man, 
I'm changing radio channels. He should have won an Oscar for his performance. Part of that performance yesterday, of course, was at the media committee in the afternoon. I've already played you highlights from the morning committee, which was the PAC committee. My thanks to the Irish Times for this audio. It's from the afternoon session. I think it's probably important to mention the 40% pay cut I've taken. Uh, and I think that would be a, a relevant figure here in these conversations. I think what happens is, Deputy, is that uh, some numbers have been isolated uh, somewhat unfairly. Uh, and the truth of the matter is, I did take pay cuts. And the question, Mr. Kelly. I, I know. But you played a pivotal role in this. OT under instruction the every time system for a cash transaction that didn't have Mr. Tuberty's name on it. We, did, we didn't know what a barter system was until all of this happened. You're washing your hands of it. Uh, completely. It's an OTE issue. Completely. But um, I, that's still outstanding work to be done. If that work is not called upon to be done, of course, money goes back. Are you still getting paid by RT at the minute? Yes, I am, yeah. And in, in relation to that verbal agreement in place, um, what are the terms? I'm still, I'm st- sorry, as, 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 a, as a presenter of the radio programme. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I could be out of a job by Friday. When, the, when a feather leaves the pillow, it's very hard to get that back. Mm. And so, unfortunately, with my good name, mm-hmm. the feather has left that's the pillow. Right, I'm hoping and I, I'm, that I'm you... here trying to put the feather back yeah, in the pillow. And I'm hoping... The, the, the payments to us were asked us. Yes, but they came from RTE. But we didn't know that. Yeah. That's it. No, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, that's you the now, yeah, that. But you know now in hindsight. Do you realise that the people are looking up to you and they really, really feel that down with you? I don't know, I don't know all these people are rubbing their shoulders and rubbing their hands because I tell you one thing, if you came to County Loud, it'd be the opposite. I, I, I get the sense that you choose not to believe my reason for the leaving the light. I'm only asking questions. I'm, I'm, asking my I'm, people. I'm, I'm deputy. Yep. Please. I'm only answering your question. Well, you're answering I, 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 I have answered. I've answered you quite clearly. That's the word no. And equally, with my answer to you regarding the, the late late show, if you choose not to believe me, I think that's a terrible pity because you. I'm, asked, I'm only asking you, questions. You, you live with a lack of truth. Then it's Ortiz's job to get the best deal they can. It's my job to get the best deal that, that, that I can. Would there be executives afraid of you, would you say? No, sure. How could you be afraid of me? Mm. Like, honestly, I'll five foot six. Like. I mean, in the event that I do keep my job, and it's touch and go from my understanding of it at the moment, um, you know, I, I'd be happy to, to suggest that in the future we'd have a situation where you would publish my contract on an annual basis. I should have called out the uh, figures when they were released all in one day on March. I'm sorry, on January the 20th, 2021. They were wrong. We had requested that they change them before in dispatches, but that day we didn't. So, yeah, I'm not without blame in that regard, of course. Is that all 100% the money's raised in the Toy Show Fund? 100% goes out to charities. None of it goes to RT. It's one of the greatest legacies I'll have, even if I am given the Royal Order of the Boot from RT on Friday, I'll be able to walk out of those gates with my head held high, knowing that Irish people, year in, year out, in the last three years, offered year one, six million, year two, six million, year three, four million, out of their back pockets when things weren't pretty going okay, pretty well. And they have gone those. to 32 counties on this island to children's thank charities. You. It is a beautiful thing. Thank and you, thank Mr. you to the Irish people. Well, you know, we're still in contact. Okay, but well, it, I just... I, I, they I, that's okay, but I, I grew up in a world where, you know, you, you only... Uh, 
uh, paid money for, for things that you actually received. So f from your perspective, Ryan, did you not feel that it, you know, this, this didn't sit well, that you paid €150,000 to your account for, for work that was not yet done? What, what sat with me, and the reason I can make this clear for you today and the reason I wanted to be here for you today is that I can say that there were six appearances outstanding, Senator, and I'm still ready, willing and prepared to make those appearances and come good on the okay. on the, on the Okay, listening... Did you consider for a moment, in processing that invoice, the damage you were going to do to Ryan Tuberty if it was ever found out? Again, it wasn't a false invoice. And we, and, and we invoiced Renault, first of all, then under instruction we invoiced the other company. We assumed it was Renault paying. It, and, and, and yes, this, this salary is enormous, I understand that. But that doesn't affect my soul. It can't. Um, Do you think D Forbes is the only person that no, you... No, not at all. Um, not at all. Uh, and any meeting that I ever had with, with Miss Forbes, and it was six or seven, and I can't even remember, it, that was about it, was always with her, with, with, with her, her, her um, chief financial officers or, or, or their people or her legal team or other parts of the legal team as well. She was never on her own. Where's the duty of care to Ryan over the last three weeks? Who reached out to see how he was? And his family. And this isn't a pity party. We're big, we're, we're big boys. But it's been pretty horrendous. I hate being referred to as the talent. I think it's an obscene, oh, outdated word. The talent in RTE, as you know, work in the reception and they work in security and in makeup and hair and sound and camera and production. That's the talent. They're the people who make the programs you listen to driving into work every day and the TV shows you watch at six o'clock and beyond nationwide, what have you. That's the talent. So if we do anything to change the language around RTE, please take that silly word off the contracts going forward. They're colleagues. No one's more, is better than anyone else. I know it was quite lengthy. Thanks to the Irish Times for that audio. It was quite lengthy yesterday with two different committees. But by and large, I think it was fairly compelling viewing. Now, Fiona Sheen and the Irish Independent this morning has an analysis piece and he joins me uh, by WhatsApp. Fiona, good morning. Good morning. Nick. Thanks for taking the time. You, you call it the Del Boy and Rodney Act, but it's failed as Tuberty burns bridges. Are you, are, you, are you saying that he's done more damage yesterday um, and, is and is less likely to make it back? Yeah, I mean, in, in, in terms of who was Ryan Tuberty trying to, to deal with uh, here and who was he trying to uh, appeal to, uh, he had uh, several different audiences uh, in terms of the, the politicians. His facts and figures didn't really stack up, so he didn't convince them. Uh, things around the payments, the the invoices, the, the, the guarantees, the link between the cut in pay he was getting on the one side and the compensation he was getting on the other mm. from uh, a, a side deal. Nobody bought that, and you could see across the two two committees that that, that was that, that were, the explanation to be given there were just being dismissed. Uh, on the on the heart and mind side, uh, to the broader public, he, he did a lot better. I mean, he certainly expressed how angry and upset he is about this whole thing and the manner in which uh, he's gone through a lot over the last few weeks. No question uh, about about that. Uh, also expressed quite clearly that he didn't leave the Late Late Show because of this issue. He was gone uh, anyway, uh, and that he's done a lot of, of charity work and, and work with, with children. People wouldn't take that, that away from him. So he did pretty much, uh, he did pretty well in that regard in terms of making appeal to, to, to the broader public. I mean, uh, the, the RT Director General, Kevin Backers, ultimately this decision will fall to him and he's going to have to weigh up those considerations. Now, uh, 
staff and staff angry about what has has happened here. Uh, advertisers, what are their view of Ryan Tuberty in his reduced role uh, on radio? Would it make a, a matter massive commercial difference if he was no longer with them? Yeah. If he was with, a, with if he was with a rival? Uh, uh, also, what will the what will the public uh, reaction be? So you know you you've all those different considerations now now coming. Uh, into play certainly in terms of his relationship with the RT management, he definitely burnt bridges. I mean, he, he launched an, an all-out assault there. Some of it perfectly justified. Uh, does unquestionably they they got uh, things wrong uh, here in terms of the statements that they have put out uh, over over recent weeks? He was able to prove that surely categorically. But, but, but surely he'll be safe there because a lot of them are gone now, and he didn't include Kevin Backhurst in that kind of like attack, if you like. So um, he, he's kind of yeah. safe with the dire- the new director general who'll make that call. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, uh, some of the, the statements that were being put out as well that he is attacking were by the RT board, uh, probably most significantly of all. And, and where he has, where he's on his strongest ground is actually on that initial statement made by the RT board, where they, they deliberately pointed the finger at him over what they said were overpayments uh, between 2017 and 2019. Uh, of 120 grand. Now, Ryan Tuberty's version of that is that that was a sum of money that was on the table but was never paid and that effectively that was an accounting error on on RTE's part. The Chief Financial Officer, Richard Collins, would appear to to back that up in terms of of his testimony and Grant Thornton, uh, a major uh, accountancy firm, are currently investigating that that matter and there's quite a substantial delay in terms of getting back, getting back those, those figures. So there is a major question mark now for the RT board about why exactly did they push that allegation uh, out there when it doesn't seem to be true at all. Yet they went to enormous lengths uh, for the 2020 to 22 payments from Renault, the famous barter account, the 75 grand across three years. They had an internal audit by Deloitte, a major uh, top five accountancy firm. They had a full investigation by Grant Thornton, a full, uh, a, a top five accountancy firm. So they were very clear on their facts uh, there and what they were putting out there. But on the other hand, for the three previous years, they seemed to have had a, a back of an envelope uh, calculation and they didn't know what they were talking about. Okay, let me just look at one of the paragraphs from your article this morning. You said the contract yeah. um, for these uh, gigs, the Renault stuff, the contract wasn't signed for three years. The payments were routed from the licence fee payer via a barter account through a UK company to an invoice from a company also owned by Noel Kelly, which didn't have a name on it and was labelled as consultancy fees. Uh, nobody's buying Nobody's buying the Noel Kelly version of events on this, are no. they? No, I mean, the Noel Kelly version of Vince says, this is what RTE told me to, to do. Uh, so I didn't question it. Um, and the, the, the difficulty there is, as the Social Democrats CD, Captain Murphy, said, this is the Nuremberg defence who are just following orders. So it's, it's not a very compelling argument. There's also the reality is that uh, they can argue that in year one, they thought this money was coming from Renault. They invoiced Renault, Renault paid the money back. It wasn't really their business that, that RTE were then reimbursing uh, Renault uh, on the other side of the balance sheet. And they can say, well, we didn't know that. This, this was uh, an arrangement put in place. In the in years two and three, which which ended up being lumped into effectively uh, last uh, last April uh, of 2022, when two invoices were, were issued, the instructions came from RTE. Yes, uh, 
invoice this this UK company. Don't put any name on it. Uh, don't put any details or, other than, than consultancy. Uh, and Noel Kelly is saying he didn't question that. He just just went along with it. And people, the, the TDs weren't buying it. That that he didn't suspect anything at all was untoward here. That he didn't know what was going on. And use a, a different one of your companies to invoice in the first place. Yeah, it was also why why did he use this, the, the second company that that he owns rather than the first company, which was the one that that, that issued the the invoice. I mean, the first invoice. You'd have to argue if we're breaking down what what exactly is Ryan Tuberty being hung out drive for here. The first seventy five grand, you can argue, is perfectly legitimate. Uh, there was a, a contract in in place. Uh, the the third party who were Renault. Uh, were were willing to pay that money. They were happy that services would be provided for it. He ultimately did do a few gigs around the country uh, for them at the tail end of, of COVID nineteen. So you know everybody happy there. The only the only uh, sting in the tail was that ultimately the license fee payer ended up reimbursing Renault. Could I just the second yeah, third invoice is very different. Could I just ask you about that because I'm kind of confused. I don't know whether anybody else is. The, the yeah. first one was paid by Renault seventy five grand. He did three gigs. Yeah. RTE gave Renault yeah. 75 grand in advertising credits. The, the, and correct yeah. me if I'm wrong here, the other two 75 grand payments were not paid by Renault. They were paid by RTE, oh. which are the taxpayer. So when Ryan Tuberty yeah. says he would give back the 150 grand, to whom would he be giving it back to? Well, this is the, the absolutely hilarious aspect of it, uh, is that when Noel Kelly and Brian Tuberty were asked this last night, at the tail end of the committees, they, they started saying, oh, Astus, the UK company who operated through the barter accounts, and the TDs, it was kind of said, well, it's actually RT's money, and yep. they were saying, oh, but RT did, didn't pay us. So the funny thing will be, uh, ultimately, Neil, let me let me get to this one straight. So, right, Toby will be paying back 150 grand uh, of money for services that 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 he never did to an organisation that he said he didn't know was pay him, paying him in the first place uh, through a, an invoice issued by his agent's second company uh, in Sterling. Uh, to a UK company that he had never heard of before yeah. on an invoice that there was no name and no details Yeah, on. you couldn't put it any so better than you're, that. You're, you're, yeah. kind of, you're yeah. kind of going, right, seriously, and you didn't think there was anything on the work. Now, if he does pay back this money, he's going to have to quite visibly show that he's paying back the full 150 grand. And look, uh, he may this 150 grand payment may have been, been paid, but ultimately then agent's fees would have had to come out of that, taxation would have had to come out of that. So maybe the benefit okay. that Brian Tuberty got from that 150 grand will be smaller than the amount he's going to end up Just one back. point, I don't see anybody picking up on it in any of the, in any of the news yeah. media, was that um, Raul Kelly was asked about the agency commission fees on the 150 grand, yeah. and he refused to disclose that. That didn't help. Well, you're perfectly entitled to, to not uh, answer that question, because they, the committee did not tell him that he was going to be asked questions okay. like yeah. that and that, that it was outside their scope and he, he got his legal advice and also the committee got their legal advice and it was outside their scope. So he, I, I, a lot of it has been made about the fact that Noel Kelly and Ryan Tuberty brought in a solicitor with them, I would argue, perfectly entitled to for the, for the reason that the Dahl Public Accounts Committee in a previous iteration under the chair of John McGuinness broke the law 
Yeah. According to the Supreme Court, the highest court in Ireland, they broke the law with their treatment of Angela Kearns, the yeah. former chief executive of rehab. And that case is still going through the Supreme Court. So the, the Iraqis have to be very careful with how they, they treat people who ultimately are ordinary citizens and also have rights. OK, but just staying, OK, that's a good answer. So with regards to the part that they don't believe, the defence is from Ryan yeah. Trubbity that he, he trusted Noel and that Noel trusted RTE. Is, is it just that... He he was naive. Ryan Tuberty was naive. He didn't ask questions. He says maths weren't his strong thing. Words are. Is that acceptable? Uh, no. Well, ultimately, he was he was and is the director of his own company, uh, Total Productions. Uh, he is a self-employed uh, contractor. He's not a, a a staff member. So, I mean, if 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 somebody who works for Red FM gets a you know, gets a payslip this weekend uh, and ultimately they find there's extra money in it or there's less money in it, they'll, they'll go back to their employer and say, well, look, I work for you. It's up to you to, to sort out these things. When you're self-employed, as with anybody who owns a company, you, it, it's your obligation uh, to ensure that you comply with the law, that rules and regulations are applied and that, that your accountancy is in is in line. So Brian Tuberty was also a director here. He had an obligation to... Uh, be aware of what was happening with his own company. Mm. So what happens next now, do you think? Yeah, so the, the uh, on a couple of fronts. So more immediately, the RTE management team, and we presume, again, that'll be members of the executive, including the new Director General, Kevin Backhurst, and members of the board will appear before the Public Accounts Committee tomorrow. And the Public Accounts Committee will now be asking uh, firm questions of contradictions and evidence between what RTE told them previously and what Noel Kelly and Ryan Tuberty uh, are, are, are telling them. There, there's, there's that uh, issue. There are still in several investigations ongoing. There's a Grant Thornton investigation into that 2017-2019 claim that we were, we were talking about, which the phantom money that doesn't ever seem to have been paid uh, at all. Uh, then there is also ongoing reviews by the government into corporate governance and the culture, and a separate one then into the RTE's uh, finances. There is a forensic auditor going in there. And then the, the, the big question, which has to be answered, I suppose, by the end of the month, is is, is Ryan Tuberty returning to RTE or not? Now, it's not going to happen this side of the, of the, the summer. You'd imagine he'll be, he'll be taking his holidays. So, but the Director General has indicated that he wants to take a decision on that. And much of that will weeks. be the temperature of the other staff in RT, will it? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's an easy one to, to, to blame, basically. It'll, it'll be the, the political temperature, the public temperature, and also the, the, the staff temperature. And look, he, he, Kevin Mackers can blame any of the above uh, if he is to, to go down that route of, of saying, look, right, over, he can't come back to the organisation. There's just too much damage done. Uh, staff are too upset and, and the public don't don't have confidence in him. So he does have arguments there. He's arguments on the flip side now as well. People can say, look, Ryan Tuberty, what what Noel Kelly and Ryan Tuberty did uh, was was questionable, but also RTE effectively authorised it at the time, so it's, it's RTE's fault, yeah. and, and therefore there was no wrongdoing. He is ultimately out of contract, though, so there there is a difficulty there in terms of if if he if he's going to take any legal case on, on if he is removed, uh, dismissed by RTE. It, it's difficult to see how that could 
could come about. Ultimately, he's self-employed. He's a contractor. Therefore, he's not staff. His contract is over and RT can just say, well, look, we're not renewing it. Thanks very much. And do you say your, that's because... Of, do, service. Do, do you say that because you say in the Indo this morning, his bid to get back to work has hardly been helped by his attack on his employers? Yeah, I do, because, I mean, ultimately, that, that's something that, that will will factor into RT management's uh, as well. Also, I mean, his, his explanations around this... Uh, and were they, they credible? I mean, ultimately, he was asked towards the end of the media committee yesterday, you know, would you accept that the, the invoicing uh, for these payments and the manner in which they were, they were handled was, wasn't wrong? And his, his phrase that he used was unorthodox. Mm. Now, I, I don't think anybody would accept that this is unorthodox. Mm. I mean, there's, you know, there's plenty of other phrases that were being used by the committee yesterday. Uh, unorthodox is, is on the fairly mild side. So ultimately, he, you know, he's kind of apologizing for not asking more questions. He's not really apologizing for, you know, engaging in a commercial deal that basically an Arachnus committee has said was a means to, to cover over uh, the cracks uh, of, of a pay cut that he was supposed to be taking. And that is the issue that this hangs upon. As always, thank you yeah. so much for taking the time this morning. Thanks, Neil. That's Fionn Sheehan from the Irish Independent. Text 0868 back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Cork's Red FM. I'll get back to text in a minute because I've got people holding for quite a long time and my apologies to them. Eileen, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How okay. are you? Okay, you find politicians hypocritical. Why? I, I do, because they're talking about wage cuts uh, during the COVID, and they all took 5,000 for an increase. Yeah, they didn't take any wage reductions whatsoever, no. No, no they didn't. No. No. And, they they hide, and they hide behind the fact that they're public servants and they have to go by public servant rules. Oh, yes. Well, that's, uh, that's just the cream on the top of the cake, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we could all hide behind those kind of uh, sheets. But, I mean, uh, they, it, it's like uh, the pot hot kettle as far as I'm concerned from what I could see yesterday yes I don't agree with what RT have done it's shocking absolutely disgraceful but the whole lot of them they're all crooked every solitary organisation uh, the, the RT and, and the government they're all there's none of them have clean hands well, nobody they're the only government we have at the moment and on that basis yeah, yeah, and on and that basis they have door. to they have, no, well true enough with coalitions and stuff, yes. but they're the only ones yes. we have to ask these questions over the last yes, three I know weeks that. yes I know that but it's, uh, it was just a fiasco yesterday I mean uh, I was listening to it I listened to the whole lot of it yesterday morning I actually had to turn you off to turn on the telly. So. Well, that's what happens, unfortunately. There you go. I hope but it was... Anyway, I, just, I nearly went to sleep, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all just covering each other, that's it. And, and how, how do you feel with regards to, say, Ryan Tuberty's future? I don't think it's going to be existing in this country. No. You don't think he did no, enough I... yesterday? Mick Clifford in the examiner this morning says words to the effect that this was not about the committee. The job yesterday for Ryan Tuberty on television was to woo the public. No, I don't think so. I, I, think, he's, I think he's gone. There's no way he can face the people uh, of Ireland on the radio in the morning um, with this kind of carry-on that's going on now. I think he'll, he'll must have end up in BBC or something over in England. You figure? Oh, there's no fear of him. I, I'm not feeling sorry for him or anything like that. I mean, <laughs> he's okay, you know. But uh, Mr. Kelly, well, that's another story. I know nothing about that guy. He's an agent and he, 
he uh, he works for his clients and that's his job. So well, what what about know. about somebody making a mistake or forgiveness or actually really that maybe we should believe that he knew nothing about the interest intricacies of this deal. He pays people to do these things for him and he gets on with his job. Is that a, a, an adequate defence? Can you talk about is this? Uh, Mr. Ryan, no, well, Ryan. no, Ryan, Ryan Tuberty would say he's my agent, he deals with all of these things, his job is to get me the best deal possible and I don't ask questions. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, he doesn't ask questions, but everybody has a check in their bank account and if you see 150 mm-hmm. or 200,000 more in your bank account, you go, oh, yeah. Where's not come from? Okay. You know? Thanks, Eileen. Thank you for okay. that. Okay, no all future, right. she says. Fiona, I heard you saying, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> she said, right, like, I, at the end of the day, I'm in childcare, right? I work around the same hours as Ryan Tuberty every week. I have not nowhere near his wages, and it would take me 18 years to earn 345000 that he got extra in three years. 18 years to earn the equivalent of years. one year's salary? Yes. Yes. Or the no, over... one year salary would be 22 years. Yeah. Oh, one year salary would be 22. The overpayment would take you 345 grand, years. would take you 18 years. Does yeah. that make you angry? I'm not angry about it. I just think that if they think they can get away with it, like he's trying to say he didn't know the money was, he didn't know anything about the money. Neil, if you got an extra 75,000 in your account at the end of your year, would you know? No, but he knew, of course I would. He, he knew that there was going to be three. 75 grand payments because he was contracted independently to do that work for Renault. He didn't know anything about the deal that Renault had with RTE uh, and he didn't know that years two and three were not paid by Renault. They were paid by RTE. Although then we found out that Noel Kelly had actually done a deal with RTE to structure it that way. So it it wasn't as if the money mysteriously appeared. He knew it was going to be there. Mind you, 150 of it was for work that was never done. Yeah, but he didn't know that RT were paying it. He's a businessman at the end of the day. If you don't know what's going on in your business, and I understand you have agents that do this and do that for you, but you still know what's going on in your business. So do you think that Noel Kelly had told Ryan Tuberty, don't worry about this because uh, if Renault pull, RTE have to pay you? So that annoys people then when people say, oh, I took a 20% pay cut. You did in the left hand, but you got even more back in the right hand. Big time, and there was people that couldn't afford their late food for shop during that time in the in COVID, like and what the government gave them to live on. When they, they were, were on, on pandemic payments. Yeah, you know, like he was out of work too, so should not he have been on a pandemic payment? No, I mean, no, he worked. I don't know why people made a big deal saying "well done" for working through COVID. It was great. Like any of us that worked through COVID, we don't want any thanks for that. I mean, okay, you no. might you'd be thanking the medics and the people in the hospitals, and but you wouldn't be talking saying, well done, it was a wonderful thing you worked through COVID, but you get out of it. We just worked that's away. Yes, that's what you're paid for, to go to work. Yeah. Not to be not to be told that you're a hero for going to work. I don't get that. No. Um, he's, no. he, but at the same time, you, you say he is very good at his job, he but let me ask you, should he be able to keep his job? I don't think so. No, everyone deserves a second chance as well. I get that. and the, But like, I, I just think it's too big what's after happening. You know, I certainly wouldn't keep my job if I did it. Yeah. I wouldn't even have been put before a committee. I would have just been fired. But you see, for what would you be fired? You know, like... I still don't think that there's trust there. There's no trust there. That this was a deal to conceal back payments? No, side payments, yeah. Okay, okay. 
Okay, and that they've just been caught out. Yeah. I really do. Like, and he was brilliant at the late, late, everything like that. He really was. And But I just think, no, I, I think it's a bit too much. Like, Okay, thank you for that, Fiona. Appreciate it. That's an amazing yeah. way to put it. The 345,000, that's in question here. It would take Fiona working in childcare 18 years to earn that amount of money. Let me put that point, actually. I hope you heard it to Brian Stanley, who's the chair of the Public Accounts Committee. If you're watching yesterday morning, you would have heard him ask questions, particularly of Ryan Tuberty. Brian, good morning. Good morning. Did you hear that? A, child, a woman there working in childcare. I know that the um, number that we're talking about is €345,000 that's in question. It would take her 18 years to earn that. Yes, exactly. Um, and I put that to Ryan Tuberty yesterday. Um, I mean, we had a performance yesterday. I would call it a performance more so than for question answering from Mr. Tuberty and Mr. Kelly. And I acknowledge that he's a good performer and he's a good presenter. And I actually enjoyed his shows, uh, the Late Late Show. But what I would say is this, is, is that the uh, the question about, you know, demanding this additional 75,000 in the spring of 2020 when the country was on its knees with covid and when a lot of your, your listeners were surviving on two or three hundred euros pandemic pandemic payment, I think, you know, did they ever question or discuss the merits or the morality of this or had they any doubts about the reputational damage if it got out? And the fact that the answer that they never even discussed it uh, and never even questioned, uh, I think, you know, people will read their own, will take their own meaning out of that and will draw their own conclusions. Mm. Uh, I mean, and the only two conclusions you can draw from it is even that either that they didn't, uh, you know, didn't didn't dawn on them maybe because they had been doing similar uh, similar arrangements in previous years, and you look with, you know, nobody notices these kind of things, or simply that as uh, incompetence. I'm not. I think the incompetence answer people would have doubts about that that saw yesterday's performances. You believe it to have been a performance. You've used that word a few times now. Yes. Uh, well, well rehearsed, well rehearsed, stock answers, uh, repetition of the same answers to Mr. Kelly, all the hard questions referred to Mr. Kelly, uh, Mr. Turbody, Mr. Kelly saying, oh, I'm just following the instructions from RTE. Why did you issue, why did you deal with invoices with, with no description of the services on them for services that weren't provided called consultancy? Why did you uh, deal with a bank in England uh, or deal with a company in England asked us which you never heard of before that's what you're telling us the uh, yes why did you why did you uh, deal with invoices with no descriptions on them uh, why did you take those routes um, I was just following instructions from senior RTE staff um, people were judged the credibility of that performance yesterday mm. um, and it lacked it lacked credibility um, the only signif- the significant thing I suppose that they did in terms of countering the RTE story was was Breed O'Keefe, this, the former chief financial officer, did claim that she would not have authorised the 75,000 extra, that she hadn't wasn't aware of any of this, and they did produce a letter from her in the form of an email based, dated in February 2020, which completely contradicts that. And not, not alone did it show that uh, she was aware that this, that this was being under active consideration, but she actually, reading that email, would indicate that she didn't see a problem with it and that this was the solution in terms of paying Ryan Tuberty 
75,000 more than what was being publicly declared. Yeah, but who, the question is, who instigated that plan? Uh, are, are you suggesting that RTE, Kelly and Tuberty all knew of this plan? Well, the key figures here is, and I wanted to hear Ryan Tuberty's story and I wanted to hear Noel Kelly's story because he's been somewhat of a mystery figure in all of this. He's the man... He's the man that does the hard negotiations. All the stars obviously see him as a key negotiator. You get the best deal with Noel Kelly. Noel Kelly is supposed to have huge power and influence at RTE. I questioned him about that yesterday. I have heard him described as the real director general, um, even though he's simply an agent, an outside agent, uh, that negotiates on behalf of what's called the stars or talent. Uh, so who negotiated it? Depending on who you believe, uh, Noel Kelly, Noel Kelly and Ryan Tuberty would say, don't blame us, blame RTE. Um, the facts are RTE pinned on D Forbes, who is uh, out of circulation at the moment due to health, mm. uh, and only D Forbes. I have said for over two weeks now, that's not credible. I think there was more than D Forbes. And as this story unravels, uh, and we got further evidence of this yesterday, that other people did know, including the former Chief Financial Officer, Breed O'Keefe. Who do you think was doing the pushing for the two extra 75s to be paid? I got the impression yesterday that, um, uh, and certainly from RT in the past, that Noel Kelly was pushing for those two payments, that, you know, there was words to the effect that RT were saying there was pressure on them to pay them. Well, we're talking about six years in total, and the stories and the figures don't add up from either side, but the picture is emerging as to what was actually going on here. Who is pushing for that? Noel Kelly is an agent um, that comes from a background of sales. And I took him to this yesterday. He has woven himself into a position of significant influence uh, at RTE and in different, in different media circles and built up a reputation. And, you know, people have invested in him. People have put their trust in him. Mm. But he also gets commission. Uh, depending on who you talk to, what that commission is, uh, somewhere between 10 and 20% is what we're told. I've been told a number of times that's 15%, but that's between him and the stars. So there could be so, potentially 15% on each of the 75s. Do you accept that he, he didn't have to answer that commission question yesterday? He didn't have to answer it, and I didn't ask him that question yesterday. Um, I'm simply going by what I'm being told, but I'm, I can't verify any of that. But he, but he is on commission, of course, because he has to be. Why else would he be doing all of this, and why? what's in it for him? in terms of why would he go in and set up a company uh, and negotiate on behalf of the, uh, these senior presenters uh, and these these stars? Yeah. Why would he do that and show his people? He does it because he gets commission. Uh, that commission, so there's an incentive there for him. There's an incentive there for Ryan Tuberty because he's at the end of the, uh, he's at the, end of the payroll. Uh, and in terms of RTE, RT and senior executives I mean you can only speculate what's in it for them is it literally uh, keeps the show on the road uh, and they felt obliged to do this or felt that they had no option to do mm. this and that's at the heart of it uh, mm. so it is mm. Okay but w- w- are you all frustrated at the Nuremberg response the we acted at all times on the instructions from RTE we trusted the process why wouldn't we trust an organisation like RTE um, is that a credible defence? Well, yeah, I was just following instructions. I was just following orders. Answer from Noel Kelly uh, doesn't cut it. Um, to say the least, it's clear that it's clear that there was. Uh, you, you couldn't avoid coming to the conclusion that Noel Kelly, Ryan Tuberty, 
and four people, four to five people at least, at the top of RTE were in the loop, were party to this. The evidence that as we peel it away one piece after another, as they come in and contradict each other, I wouldn't be frustrated by it at all. What's emerging is, is what was really going on. So are you getting a clearer and, picture on the committee, Brian? Absolutely. Uh, we've established uh, in relation to, uh, I think that'll be helpful to the forensic accountants when they go in because where they need to go looking, I think has been, it's becoming a lot clearer now. And you have a situation where um, the, you know, you have fake invoices that have been uncovered. Uh, you have credit notes that's been issued. You have accounts being used. And incredibly, I mean, think about your station, which is commercial, uh, making a payment to Brian Stanley, for example. You want to pay me 100000 Why, in the name of God, would you route that through a, a company or account that costs you 140000 Do you mean to tell me that your boss would allow you to do that? Mm, mm, you know, mm. why would you do that? So it's bad enough that the payments are actually being made, and that's incensed the Irish public that we were all given the wrong figures. But the fact that there's actually the cost of doing this is 30, 35 to 40 percent. And the facts are, is that on RTEs, what we're being told is on RTE accounts, and the forensic accountants will dig out this when they go in, and so will Grant Thornton with their, their investigation, is that Ryan Tuberty was on, uh, in those years, if you look at 511,000 in 2017, 545,218, 545,000 in 2019, and so on, according to RT accounts. That's, that's what's let out in black and white. And we've got various explanations from various people in relation to that and the, the so-called tripartite deal for the period for the last three years. And the answers in that yesterday were just shocking. OK, OK. You know, if there was false accounting, and, and uh, this is the, like Matty McGrath's um, take on things, he talks about fraud and that there should be a, a guard investigation. Does your committee have any power to refer onwards? We do have the power to refer onwards. But where this is going, and for the public, you know, there's, there's detailed accounts in there in RTE that needs forensic accountants to go in and they go through them forensically. Um, and what has to happen here is is that, you know, we want to be careful about this and, you know, people are entitled to due process. But what, what's clear what needs to happen now is to, to get the stories from all the witnesses. And that's what we've been doing. And there's one more stage to go on this, and that's this Thursday when we have, have Kevin Backhurst in front of our committee tomorrow morning at half nine. And he will come in with somewhat new team. And how, how's that going to work out for you, incidentally? Because you're asking them to come back in and clarify things that were said by Ryan Turberty and Noel Kelly yesterday. But many of those won't be there tomorrow. That's one of the disappointing things is that some of those people have been moved, moved to one side, pushed. Some of them have moved before they were pushed uh, and won't be there to, expect, to account for themselves. And uh, coincidentally, uh, after Ryan Turberty started giving his line yesterday morning, in relation to uh, in relation to the uh, RTE being aware of the seventy five thousand and being in favour of it and producing the letter from Breed O'Keefe in February twenty twenty, Miss O'Keefe informs the committee within an, within an hour of that that she will be unable to attend on Thursday. Uh, now your listeners will make up their own mind as to why she's not there on Thursday. Mm. I won't say any more on that. Mm. Of course, it's frustrating, but but what the positive thing is is that the major areas of where of where, where the investigations need to go have now been fleshed out. Thursday will do some more on that. RT will be given the chance to contradict 
uh, to contradict Mr. Tolberty's agent and Mr. Tolberty because they basically outlined yesterday this isn't a Ryan Tolberty scandal, this is an RT scandal. So let Kevin Backhurst and his team come in. Uh, he has a big job to do uh, in the coming weeks and months. Let him come in now and give us his side of the story regarding the most, the most recent revelations from this week. Let the, let the forensic accountants do their job. There's also uh, an investigation into the management and uh, corporate governance of RTE commissioned by the minister. It should have been commissioned a lot sooner. It's only criticism I have there. Uh, but it's ha- it, that's going to happen. And Grant Thornton are carrying out their, uh, their, their scrutinising those accounts in 2017, 2019. So this should draw together, the, the, the bits and pieces of this jigsaw should be put together very, very quickly. Uh, it's about, uh, I would say, 75 to 80% of the way there. There's work to be done by, the, by those teams of investigators. Uh, let that happen and we move on from that. But the one thing for sure, is that this has to be a better RT at the end, the end of this process. Those practices and that culture and that the culture and the customs and practices that have existed need to end. Uh, there needs to be accountability. It's a public body. Yeah. It's the public broadcaster. It's the public's, public's money. Better, they need to do better. Okay, and just on a, on a personal note then, do you think that that RT, that new RTE, if you like, will involve Ryan Tuberty? I ask that question because... Uh, how do you feel on a personal level the impact it's had on him with the guys to not being able to go outside his front door? He was very emotional yesterday. He talks about you guys wouldn't like it to be cancelled like he was, that it has sullied his good name. Any thoughts on any of that on a personal level? Well, I was clear, I was uh, yesterday. I tried to take that on board that this does have an impact on people on people's. Um, you know, people's well-being and under families. And we have to acknowledge that. And the public should be, we need to be careful of that, like, you know, particularly so on social media. You know, we all receive that as, tea, as, as public representatives. We get, we get large doses of that, including your truly here. Mm. Uh, but what I would say is this, is that whether he goes back to RT or not, that's a matter for Kevin Backhurst and the, and the editorial staff at RT and the directors of content. That's not up to Brian Stanley. Uh, but... I think there will be difficulties and diff- if, if you're going back to it will be difficult conversations because he did accuse RT yesterday of giving misleading information. He did accuse, he did blame them for, you know, for most of this. Uh, his agent had strong words for RT. So had Ryan Turberty. Mm. Um, there's that. There's the whole issue of staff relations. Mm. And there's an issue as well, I suppose, with the public. A lot of the public will have looked at yesterday and you know, I mean, I actually liked them. I actually liked them on the Late Late Show, and I see very little television. But it's one of the it's one of the shows that I would see maybe three quarters of every week. And during COVID, I saw nearly all of it because, you know, you were finished earlier at night yeah. uh, during the COVID, yeah. and you got to see programs like that. Yeah. Um, you weren't as busy. Um, so he's actually, you know, personality-wise and everything else, as a human being, the man is all right. But he does have to account. Okay. You can't do you can't do this when you're publicly when you're a public okay. figure, when you're publicly accountable. Um, I'd say it's touch and go whether he's back or not. I'd say it's 50-50. Uh, that's my best guess of it. Okay, just very finally, um, you were kind of played yesterday morning with getting the 39 pages at half past eight. Uh, didn't think that was intentional? They had two and a half weeks to come up with this. Uh, they were clear that we were going to get this yesterday morning. A lot of members of the uh, Public Accounts Committee, the 12 members, got that while they were driving. 
across the city or driving to Dublin and in traffic, right? They had, some of them had 20 minutes to look at. That's not acceptable. Well, why didn't you defer then? Why didn't you delay by 24 hours? Well, let me put it to you like this. The, uh, there was a lot of organisation went into, into yesterday. It's not as simple as it looks. The staff had put a lot, the rock the staff had put a lot of effort into it. Um, a lot of the media had put a lot of effort into it because there's a lot of interest in it. And we could have deferred it. Um, you know, we haven't ruled out maybe, do we need to bring them back? Mm. We may have to. Mm. But I think, I think yesterday we'd done a fairly reasonable job at the Public Accounts Committee uh, in terms of given the, you know, given the length of time that we had to peruse those documents, yeah. Uh, yeah. given the length of time that we had and that yeah. each member of the committee had to come in, I think, I think, I think it was a reasonable job done uh, and the members of the Oireachtas Committee, I think, gave it, uh, gave it their best um, on this occasion. And I think, you know, it's that there's no extra cost. There's been tribunals that cost tens and tens of millions of euros and we found out very little and we took years to get it and no one held accountable. Mm. I think I think what we're seeing, what we are doing here is that some people are being held accountable already because some people have been stood down. That, that's people being held accountable mm. and people having to step away. So you're that's saying this morning that there's a, ju- just because this is coming as news, you're saying that there's a chance that Ryan Tauberty and Noel Kelly will be called back again? I, I don't think so. Back to, the, back to the Dáil committees. I don't think so. I mean, uh, you know, this shouldn't become a summer series. Uh, but I think that, um, I think that the, the work from here on out, my read of it is, and, you know, sometimes you need a day or two to think about this. A lot has happened and, you know, like I've been dealing with people like yourself over yesterday evening and this morning just on the on even as I'm driving up the road mm. I literally drove off the road away to take this car okay thank you but, yeah. um, but what I would say to you is this is, is that I, my measure of it at this point is is that it's over to that uh, forensic accountancy team it's over to that um, uh, investigation that external investigation okay. that will be carried out into management and corporate practices at RT and corporate governance that's where that's going now but we need to see, I'll tell you what we do need to see, we w- I would like to see interim findings fairly quick maybe, you know, maybe in a month's time that we would have some interim findings for, from those two bodies and the Grant Thornton report into 2017, okay. Okay. 2019. And hopefully at the end of all this we'll have a better RTE. OK, thank you Brian Stanley for pulling in, taking the time this morning. That's Chair of the Public Accounts Committee, Sinn Féin's Brian Stanley, back after 11. Now... Show. Red FM. Uh, lots of text. No disrespect to Tubbs because everyone does like him, but this situation is horrendous. Not only is everyone hiding money and not returning it correct, but accountants are doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. Revenue, uh, not doing an audit on anyone up there, it seems. Cab shouldn't get involved with this, but here we go again. We're very bad at investigating anyone in politics or their media puppets. We'll have to replace Bart Simpson, Simpson's quote, it wasn't me for Ryan Tuberty's new one. It's not true. Uh, and there are more. Uh, Renault are the big winners here with all of this free publicity. Uh, your caller, Jim, is very naive. If he thinks anybody in RTU will be held to account, they're all in each other's pockets. The guards, the judges, the RTU top knobs, the politicians pulling strings. And they are all being paid by the state. How could there possibly be a fair trial? We've seen, seen all this before. Uh, another one, the clearing of the RTU board now is going to be the elephant in the room when people hear what package they get when leaving 
people certainly won't pay their television licence. Uh, Rob says, Ryan is an absolute gentleman, a true Irishman and a true pro. He treated his guests on the show with all sorts of issues with such care. Anyone that has ever met him will tell you that he is a gent. He will be missed if he does not return. Uh, yesterday, very serious questions were not answered. I believe a bailout of RTE will never, ever work. Everyone is being smokescreened by Tuberty's actual fee. The issue is... That he was all he always said we're in it together when in fact he was sneaky towards his colleagues. He only agreed to renew his contract with a pay cut when the backdoor barter Renault payment was on the table. He's very sneaky and they've been caught out. The type none of us would want to work with. Uh, he did some performance yesterday, but I'm not fooled. Would love to chat, but can't at work, says Mike. And there's many more. There's no doubt that Noel Kelly and Ryan Tuberty knew that they were being sneaky with invoices. So these are the opinions of Corkonians listening to this show this morning. The Baldy Barber asks, where did people get the time to watch all of those hours of television yesterday? Interesting question. Maria says, sorry now, lads, but Ryan Tuberty is only the tip of the iceberg. Look at all of the other deals coming out. And Ryan is the only one trying to defend himself. I watched the morning programme and they all asked the same questions over and over again. These politicians are doing shady deals all the time. So who are they to ask any questions themselves? What we have gained from yesterday only is that RTE will certainly have a totally different story. So that speaks for itself. Why would anyone want to work with any of these people? Somebody suggests peel back the layers and it's obvious that Ryan had RTE over a barrel and was dictating to them about conditions. It's also obvious that RTE were anxious to retain his services as a top presenter. It's easy to be generous with money to maintain the gravy train, especially when the money isn't yours, but actually the taxpayers. Uh, The licence fee is here to stay because the opposition, including your newfound friends, the Shinners, Neil, are on RTE's side. Yesterday, before a question was asked, the sucking up was sickening to watch. Very, very interested that you think that I give off some kind of a vibe that my new friends are the Shinners. <laughs> Certainly not doing my job with regards to impartiality, am I? Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 Red FM. Yes, indeed, you can always email Neil at uh, redfm.ie. I want to turn to other topics and I will come back to these texts regarding uh, RTE and Tuberty and that story a little later on this morning. But we've been covering other ground on air and certainly getting behind the residents of uh, Noonan's Road. This is about people power. It does work when people decide to take action and take um, matters into their own hands in a lawful manner. And that's what they've been doing as late, considering the shocking conditions in which they're living in. And, of course, they went and took their case to City Hall, the steps of City Hall recently. Uh, I happened, uh, while all of this was happening yesterday, of course, in the PAC committee and the media committee, the doll was sitting at the same time. I happened to come across some of the audio reports that the lads were watching here uh, with the Noonan's Road story that made uh, the doll chamber yesterday. I thought about playing just a little bit of this, but I have to say, I was quite impressed with uh, Mick Barry when he stood up in the doll yesterday and said this. I support this motion, which outlines well the housing crisis and its impact on the people. The provision of social housing is a key part of the solution to that crisis. But the point I wish to make tonight is that social housing must be quality housing and that when the state is a landlord, the state must be an exemplary landlord. This is not always the case and it is certainly not always the case in Cork City at the moment. So I want to bring to the attention of the Dáil the case of the Noonan's Road flats in Cork City. 
There are 60 units in these flats. The vast majority are Cork City Council tenants. These tenants pay rent to the council every week, but they have to put up with broken heating systems, crumbling balconies, chronic damp, black mould, mice infestations, and minister, rat infestations too. Many of these tenants are vulnerable people. Some are old, some are sick. They feel that they have been abandoned, forgotten by the council. The negative psychosocial effects of this abandonment are real. They're very real. Around the corner are a couple of key tourist locations. Tourists visiting Cork this summer will be impressed by St. Finbar's Cathedral. They'll be impressed by Elizabeth <coughs> Fort. But I wonder how many of them will be aware that around the corner there are people that are being forced to live in conditions not fit for human habitation. No doubt the tourists would be shocked. They might be even more shocked to discover that the landlord is not a private grasping individual. It's the city council itself. The tourist attractions, well kept, well maintained, rightly so. But the places where people are asked to live, those places are abandoned, they're ignored. Shame on the city council. I want to congratulate those tenants for calling out this neglect, for getting organised and for starting to campaign on this issue. They are demanding that Cork City Council implement a programme of risk assessments, housing inspections and emergency repairs. Emergency repairs. The council would do well to listen carefully and respond to their demands. If the Noonan's Road tenants are forced to step up their campaign and take stronger action against the council, the council might find there are a lot of other neglected tenants across the city who might fall in behind them and put the council under very serious pressure on this issue. Mick Barry joins me by phone. Mick, good morning. Good morning to you, Neil. What is the point of bringing this up in the Dáil when at council level... In total, there are 31 councillors who've pretty much sat on their hands on this matter and have not helped the tenants in any way, shape or form. What does it achieve? What it achieves is it puts a bit of pressure on the government. Uh, In doing so, it puts a bit of pressure on the council. But most importantly, hopefully, it will give a bit of a boost to the residents because, as you say, 100% correctly yourself, Neil, This is down to people power and it's the pressure that will be exerted and is being exerted by the residents on the councillors and on the council that will resolve this issue. So tenants ask me and tenants representatives ask me to raise this issue on the floor of the Dáil. I was happy to do that and hopefully it will give their campaign even the smallest bit of a boost to know that it's been raised at that level. But it's the people power campaign on the ground in Cork that will make the difference here. But you, you correctly say that Cork City Council must be exemplary landlords. We, we know for years that they're not. Um, so there's no surprise in that matter. I mean, we know that they have a company that goes about inspecting properties that are privately owned but have HAP tenants and they give all sorts of chapter and verse to those landlords, but they're the most wanting themselves. Yeah, well, there's been no shortage of representations made to the council. Apparently at the council meeting on Monday night, one councillor said that she had made 400 separate representations to the council. And the council 
uh, haven't acted or the, the council haven't acted uh, nearly sufficiently uh, in relation to uh, to that. And it's that now the fact that the people are getting organised, that there's a people power campaign, that is what can make the difference. And I would say this, it's a point I kind of referred to in passing in the little piece that you played there, but I think it is a point. I think that Cork City Council potentially can be quite nervous about the situation in Noonan's Road. Not that they would be massively nervous about um, the actions of people who live in a small enough flats complex of 60 units, 60 tenants. They're not all Cork City Council tenants, but the, the vast bulk of them are. But Cork City Council must know that there are hundreds of other tenants some in flats complexes, many of them not, just in, in council houses across the city, who are dissatisfied, and uh, rightly dissatisfied, with the level of care and maintenance that's going into their property. Are you saying they'd rise up? Well, I think that, um, you know, I'm not naive about this, um, and I, I base myself on, on, on reality rather than what I would hope for, but I am certain of this is that the, the bold action that's been taken by the Noonan's Road tenants is being noticed. And it's being noticed with interest by a lot of Cork City Council tenants who have not had the maintenance to their houses to the extent but, but that Mick, they... But, but, the only way pe- but the only way people power will work to that degree is a withholding of rent. I know what happened back in the Land League days. That was not today nor yesterday. But if somebody was providing me with a service that wasn't right or was inadequate, I would not pay them for it. Yes, OK. Well, that's not a decision for you and it's not a decision for me. That's a decision for the Newlands Road residents and the people who are assisting them to organise... But think about this. If there are 60 of them and they all decide not to pay rent, that's power, isn't it? Here's the point that I'm making. There there certainly is a contradiction in the fact uh, that these tenants are paying good rent to the council week after week after week, and in return for that rent, they are not getting the service to which one could reasonably expect. Even a government minister had to admit yesterday the conditions there were unacceptable, right? So the the residents have many ways in which they can exert pressure on the council, and I'm sure they'll be looking at all the options in front of them. And here's the point that I'm making. I think that the council are well aware that the Noonan's Road residents are rising up. Yeah. Okay. They're well aware that there are options there for those residents and they're well aware that there are many, many other council tenants. I know, you made that point, but back in the day you were very much behind anti-water charges protests. So much so, without wanting to put words into your mouth, that perhaps you were saying people should never pay water charges, right? Uh-huh. So therefore, why would you not come out and say don't pay your rent until they put matters right? Okay, I'm not sure if, if, if you're listening to me 100% and hearing what I'm saying here, Neil. You say it's not a matter for me and it's not a matter for you, you said. Yeah, I put it this way. If the Noonan's Road residents decide to step up their campaign, right, I will be fully behind the steps that they take to step up their campaign. If the Noonan Road residents decide democratically in a discussion among themselves to withhold the rent... I will back them 100% okay. in that regard. Okay. I would say, just to say, that 
uh, organising a rent strike is a serious step to take. It's not something to be taken lightly. For example, you need to put the money aside uh, in case it needs to be paid a little bit down the road, having got a result and having having achieved achieved your gain. Well, why would you okay? have to put it aside if it's put? Why would you put it aside? Uh, you shouldn't have to be paying for the inadequate living conditions that you already have suffered for. There, there should be the compensation for that is the non-payment of rent. Yeah, there should be. But Neil, anyone who has ever organised a rent strike, and I've spoken to many people who have done it. All right down through the years, going back 50 years, will tell you if you're going to go down that road, it needs to be well organised and you can end up with a lot of debts and, and, and courts and so on down the road. So therefore, you don't pay the money to the council, but you do put the money aside into a fund. Any well-organised rent strike would, would go, that, go that way. And I'm not saying this morning that I think that there should be a rent strike here. I am saying, listen to me very carefully what I'm saying, the decisions in relation to how this campaign will be fought will be decided by the Noonan's Road residents. If they decide to step up their campaign, I will back them 100%. Okay. And if okay. part of that is organising a rent strike, then I will back them 100%. But the decisions will be made by the residents themselves. Yeah? Okay, okay. We, we know that there's a meeting of councillors arranged and they're going to do a walkabout in the area. I believe a survey has been completed. Management are saying they'll keep in communication with residents and the housing committee will meet back end of, I don't know, September or something like that. So, so this is uh, there's still nothing decided really as to whether it's going to be completely knocked down, whether they'll be moved out and rehoused, whether it'll be refurbed or, or what. What's your understanding of all of that? Uh, well, I read the reports in the echo uh, of Monday night's council meeting and in particular the comments of the deputy city manager, Brian Ganey. And my understanding of what the council have here is that they're planning on doing... Um, uh, some very cosmetic things like uh, a bit of weeding and uh, uh, grass cutting and stuff like that over the months of July and August and it won't be until September that they decide are they going for repairs on a massive scale or knocking the flats and rehousing uh, uh, people I would like to see in relation to that it's easy to say that uh, but you know, is there a ring fence fund with money to do that that's the key question that needs to be after there. It's up to the residents to decide as to whether that's a fast enough pace uh, for them. I okay. suspect the feeling among the residents is that's too slow and that they may well step things up and yeah. I will back them 100%. Okay, and just you, you, you know, because you were in City Council for many years before Chocta Dollar, but to, you know that City Hall doesn't have staff. They used to employ direct staff for all of this kind of remedial work that he's doing. They don't have it anymore. They, they claim not to have the money for it. That's the reason for this, isn't it? They don't have anybody to do the work. Years and years of privatisation, Neil. Years and years of cutbacks. That is what we're seeing at Noonan's Road and that's what we're seeing in other flat complexes and, and council properties across the city. But the tenants aren't going to listen to history lessons here. They want action. They want action now. They're 100% right. And this is a really important campaign to keep watching. And I'm sure that there are plenty of other city council tenants watching carefully on this and who may well row in when the going gets tough. Okay, McBarry TD, thank you for that. Janice is uh, one of the residents I've spoken to her in the past, uh, resident and member of the new committee as a non-verbal autistic daughter, uh, Jasmine. She's had to try to get every day up and down three flights of stairs, cracks everywhere, all sorts of things falling down. Don't even talk about the balconies and the mould and the, and the spores and the... Uh, uh, issues regarding dampness and broken heating systems and all sorts of stuff like that, mice and rats. Janice, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. Feel any better now? Any more optimistic? I do. I just want to thank Mick Barry and William O'Brien for speaking up for us. Like, we're very happy that it's, it's, the ball is rolling now. And um, hopefully they do something. Yeah, why why, why, not, why would you be thanking them it. now when, um, when you, you, you talk to the media, the media highlighted, they, they jump on board? Are, um, no, I know, I know that, but... Okay, well, it's just my own thoughts. Uh, they're, they're on yeah. board now, but they weren't when it mattered, yeah. is my point, anyway. Well, look, sure, look, we would just focus on now, and uh, as I say, just thankful that, that we're being heard finally. We're not going to back down. We're going to fight it all the way, all of us, because they're not safe. Like, coming out there and putting a lick of paint and pulling up the weeds, it's not going to do anything, to be honest, but it's a start, you know? And you know something? With children there, you make an excellent point that a lot of the time children don't understand danger, uh, particularly yeah. things that are dangerous where they're living. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What we don't want is so, a serious accident. No, definitely not. And it, it's only a matter of time, to be honest. You know? So at this stage, um, we're talking about councillors, surveys, management keeping in touch, housing committees meeting. What do you think will ultimately happen? Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm hoping that, like, I don't think, to be honest with you, that, that they can do any repairs to these. They're, they're gone too far. Like That's what I that. think, they will, too. They will yeah. have to be demolished. Yeah. And they're, they're, they can't put it off any longer. So, so, so would I, you I, be okay with that happening, moving out for oh, a yeah. period of time somewhere else, yeah. and then wishing to yeah. go back, is it? I would, I would, if it, if it was done or, or something more permanent. But I, as I say, we, can, we can't go on living the way we are. Like, as, as I say, like I'm constant cleaning, trying to keep everything going here. I'm on my own. My father's not well anymore. He used to come in and do wallpaper. He'd fix things here and there for me. He's had lung cancer and he, he can't get up my steps anymore. So I'm literally left doing it on my own. Jasmine is a full-time job. And ourselves just trying to, my day is hard enough as it is. So I, it's just exhausting. I can imagine. Yeah. You know? I can imagine. Yeah. 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 All right. Have you contemplated not paying rent? Or are you going to Are you going to play this by the book, one hundred percent? Well, we'll talk about that at the meetings. I suppose I suppose if they all if they're all going to do what I'm not going to say, I'm not going to be the only one that does. We all stand together. And but I, I do. I think it's a disgrace. Like that's probably what we'll be forced to do. To be honest with you. Mm. Okay, you're also giving an awful lot of um, confidence to others in similar scenarios as tenants of Cork City Council to also stand up and be heard. So well done on that as well. Rightly so. All right. Okay, Janice, we'll stay in touch. Take care for now. Cheers. Thanks very much, Nate. This is still very much front and centre, even at Dáil level. Um, I know I was talking to Mick Barry about uh, his contribution to the Dáil last night. I'm only I'm only just been given this for the first time. I think it's a it's a it's a clip of various pieces of audio, including Tommy Gould and. Donnick O'Leary and indeed uh, the Minister of State. They were even discussing Noonan's Road, I believe, uh, in the Dáil this morning. I'm also hearing this for the first time. Just to let you know, like, on Monday night a petition was handed in and I want to, uh, I want to especially mention William O'Brien, who's, who's organising with the residents, and also Sinn Féin Council, a few on the currents, who has raised this matter numerous t- times with Cox City Council. 
Their houses are cold, they're damp, they're full of mould. Now, these are very proud people. They love their community, they love where they live. They don't want to leave there, but they can't live in these conditions. And just to let you know, Minister, in 2019, there was an energy efficiency monitoring put on some of those houses. We never got the results of the report. Why wasn't that report released to the residents and to the councillors? Like, this is a wonderful community. I want to say, if this was a private landlord, they wouldn't be allowed to get away with keep tenants in these conditions. So, Minister, will you commit to a full funding, a full regeneration Thank project you, for Newland Road and St Finbars and surrounding areas? He will be in Cork at some stage over the course of the next year, I'm sure. Um, Minister O'Brien likes to come down when there's positive developments. If he is down in the next couple of months, I want him or you to come up and visit Newlands Road because uh, you need to see the condition of this place. Um, you know, a really strong community, very proud community, but what they've been asked to live with is completely unfair. I was talking to Councillor Fiona Kearns this morning. She recalls being at a meeting in 2003 or 4. That's how long this is going on. And the work that's happened in that time has been very limited. Individual houses are, and apartments here and there. Minister, the question I want to ask you is, you know, the department has a number of streams of funding. The largest is to do with retrofitting. What kind of funding stream is there for regeneration beyond retrofitting? Is there a scheme there available that they can pull out of, pull funding out of, and continue more? Can you tell us more about that? Let me go. You talk about preventive maintenance, planned maintenance, deep retrofitting. There's been no maintenance, planned maintenance, or preventive maintenance done in Cork since I became a councillor in 2009. There has been none. No, and so you're coming in here and you're giving us an answer. There has been no funding to Cork City Council for their works to be carried out. I remember I'd being on the chair of the housing meeting of Cork City Council and told it'd be every three years. Then I was told it'd be every five years. And then because of cuts, because of the financial crisis, there was no maintenance. Minister, it's time now for stop uh, messing around. The people in Noonan's Road, not only Noonan's Road, but um, Clash Dove, um, Dean Street, Cattle Market Avenue and others. And I'll give you one example. There was a similar flat complex on Baker Road that was retrofitted about 10 or 12 years ago. And they're now back in the same condition. There's only one answer here. A full regeneration of that area. And as Donegal Lera said, the next time you're in Cork, you and Minister O'Brien need to come down and see what these people are living in. Minister, respond. Not yet received a funding application in this particular project, and obviously we can't uh, ascertain or put a figure on what needs to be done when we haven't received the application from the city council. Yeah, so what he's saying there, the minister at the end there, city council haven't been on to them with a the big and bold looking for any extra money for Noonan's Road. Interestingly, I can talk to all sorts of different councillors on this matter, no problem. Pick up the phone, they'll all talk to me. It's an entirely different matter when it comes to official city hall. It's impossible to get any of them to talk to me and God knows it's not for the want of trying. Text 0868104106. The Neil Prenderville Show. Cork's number one talk show. Your Cork. On Red FM. Uh, can I just jump in there ahead of the ad break actually because there's an interesting traffic situation developing in town and thank you to Donald for calling it in. Donald, good morning. Hi Neil, how are you doing man? Okay, what have you come across? Barrack Street, is it? No, sorry, Gronerbrow Hill and Blarney Street. Yeah. Yeah, go on about Hill on to Blarney Street there as you come down by Con Shop. I know it. There's by the River Lane. 
by the exactly there's an Arctic stuck at the end of the hill there by River Lane. Obviously he came down Ground the Brawl Hill, he didn't know it and got stuck there. The guards are down at the moment. Oh my God. That's that, that, that feckin' Google Maps again I'd say. Yeah, that's it. Uh the, the guards are there sending the traffic back up Ground the Brawl Hill onto Cathedral Road. So anybody that's heading down that way avoid it. When you say stuck, like is it is it wedged? Well, no, I live in Barrow's building, so I came out to turn down to go down and there was a fella standing traffic up the hill and I just glanced down and I could see the Arctic at the side of the River Lane Bear, so I presume he just can't move, you know, so I just... Yeah, oh, God. Listen, you don't want him taking out half the pub, but will he be able to reverse <laughs> out of it? Well, there's, there, there was a, a bit of a Mickey Mouse tow truck on down there. I'd, I'd pull it out quick myself and what went down there to try and pull it out oh <laughs> you know what I mean so, bit of, bit of but, excitement uh, on Blarney Street this morning then <laughs> well I don't know what way the traffic is on Blarney Street but anybody going down Grand Brown Hill just avoid it for the time being and you until it's clear thanks pal thanks pal thanks Donald take care you too back after the break the Neil Brenderville show on Cork's Red FM our phone lines remain open after midday 0818 104 106 another news uh, for what time I have left I see Carlo Weather this morning are tweeting that there's good news on the horizon lads there's good news high pressure brings lovely weather and Carlo Weather are suggesting that a Around about the 21st of the month, high pressure will return and it should bring it should bring back some more beautiful weather. I don't know whether it'll be anything like the weather we had for two or three weeks recently, but certainly things will change in about nine, ten days time. So something to look forward to. I mentioned that because at the weekend I bought one of these single gas hobs, right? It comes in its own case. It's a funky little dude of a thing. And into the side of you just punch in, or you don't punch in, you just fit in one of these small gas canisters. 35 euro, 350 for each one of the canisters. And off you go to have your own picnic. And we did at the bottom of Brayhead in Valencia. We brought sausages and chicken sausages and fried some eggs and had fresh bread and it was lovely. And I was asking the question earlier, it was a beautiful morning, a Sunday morning to do it. I was asking the question as where's the best picnic spot in Cork? Got a massive response to it. Here are a few. Donneril Park, Fort Carlisle, proudly looking out over the whole harbour from a height. Gugambara, which actually, if hand on heart, would be my favourite place personally to have a picnic. The Bells Field with the best view of the city, says Terry. Anne says, Whitegate, they even have lots of, of seats and a great view across to Cove. Uh, Philip talks about Gary Vaux, you'd be hard pressed. Annie says, Lip, the beautiful area right next to the sea. Ballinana Woods, says Bridget and Middleton. Photo Gardens or the Knockadoon Cliff Walk with some fish and chips at the end. I'll have more of those for you, but what should you bring um, on a picnic? I mean, what do you typically have um, as part of your picnic? I mention that because apparently picnics are getting posher. There's a survey out now in the UK uh, recently that said that the humble sausage roll no longer cuts the mustard as the Brits turn their noses up on traditional picnic fare in favour of healthy salads, sparkling wine and deli meats. The days are gone of the cheese sandwich, the warm lemonade, the squashed squashed crisps. Um, They're deemed to be old-fashioned 
uh, warm cans of beer, even flasks of tea are out and plastic cutlery. Well, we brought a flask of tea uh, on Sunday morning and it was the nicest tea I ever had. I said it would turn to the go-to gear guru of all things culinary and that is the one and only Darina Allen who joins me by phone. Darina, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What a build-up. One of the reasons I wanted to get in touch with you as well is because there's a lovely piece involving your good self in RSVP magazine where you say that in the boot of your car you keep an old frying pan, fire lighters, a packet of kindling, a box of matches and some newspaper to build a little fire. Is that right? <laughs> That's right. I know, actually, I, people who know me know I never leave home pretty much without a picnic. Even if I'm going on the train or if I'm uh, travelling or anything. I come from a long line of picnickers. Uh, my mother uh, literally had a picnic on Christmas Day up at the top of Cullhill Mountain for Christmas dinner one year. So we were like, we totally love it. But my picnics are not posh picnics now I love just a lovely simple picnic with lovely some lovely fresh things and so on so, so you keep all of that in the boot in case the urge yeah, comes upon you is it I, absolutely <laughs> you never know when and often as well I don't know what you call these things properly but I often have a granny trolley what I call a granny trolley uh, in the boot of the car as well it's kind of a roll you know one of those roll along deep shopping bag things <laughs> in case I want to take a, a, a take off up a hill or in a, into a wood or somewhere you can put the whole lot uh, into that and wheel it along and there you are it's, uh, it's easier much easier than schlepping you know heavy baskets around and well, so on y- yeah. you say that you like to keep them simple but the article then goes into an incredible amount of detail if I was to go through everything that you suggest so, uh, you mean the RSVP article yeah, yeah. I mean uh, have a look at it now it's all very simple stuff actually <laughs> uh, it really is I mean I'm, I, I love to you know if you have even a, a good loaf of if you make a, a, um, a you know I don't know maybe a sound rather whatever but I often make just put a little loaf of soda bread into the oven uh, and that only takes five five minutes or ten minutes to less than that to make actually and scones are out in ten minutes and then a little bit of butter with that you could just have tomatoes a bunch of radishes a, bit, a piece of gooey cheese or something even that would get you started and uh, or then I love um, if you have a smoke bit of smoked mackerel maybe a bit of smoked duck that sounds much posher that lovely smoked duck from Amara smokehouse down there near Timaliga. Yeah. I love that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And But then the other thing that's absolutely super, if you've got lots of people with you, but put a, a chicken into the oven and roast it. And before you, while you're popping, getting your other things uh, uh, into, ready and so on. And, you know, time it so that it just comes out of the oven just before you leave. And I mean, what's more delicious than a sort of just a semi, still lovely and juicy uh, chicken with a I bowl agree. of mayo and... I, I, However, I would. I would. It is. It is. But I would suggest that pan-fried sausages in the outdoors would be hard to beat. Yeah. Well, look there. I mean, absolutely. That's what I very often. uh, I mean, you have to be just going back to my fire. One has to be super careful, of course, where you light a fire. So often, um, you know, it would be uh, make a little circle of stones, maybe just below the cliffs there in Ballyandrean or somewhere, um, and uh, just uh, build up a little fire and cook sausages. Oh my God, a bit of good uh, mustard, and you know, they taste so much better uh, when you're outdoors, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. What what I got is one that you just. bought it for 35 euro and 350 yeah. for the gas it comes in its own box it's got its own regulator and yeah. its own sparker and everything it's the yeah. job 
and away you go. Yes, absolutely. Well, my simple thing with just literally my rolled up sports page and, and you know, and uh, something or other just to light a little bit of kindling to light the fire, that works great too. Um, and then, you know, if you even have a, uh, you know, some fresh fruit, some lovely cherries or strawberries, something. Do you know what I sometimes do with the strawberries? I bring a little bowl of whipped cream and some caster sugar and you just, people pick up a strawberry, dip it in the whipped cream and then dip it into caster sugar. And that's delicious too. And, you know, just some good crackers. I also love, I love streaky bacon. So sometimes I cook a piece of streaky bacon, put a lovely sugary uh, top with some cloves on it. And that, anything that hasn't seen the fridge says me, this is going to sound the opposite of what everybody's told, but, you know, if it's just freshly cooked, take it out, put it, you're only going somewhere for a couple of hours, and it's still just lovely and juicy, and maybe even, if you're not going very far, slightly warm. Yeah. I mean, how delicious. Yeah, talking... And then a, yeah. a pot of Ballymaloo relish or something, says Yeah, me. they're talking about things being warm, though. The days now, according to this survey, of soggy sandwiches and warm cans of Oh, no, of we, beer. Do, we don't love sandwiches for p- picnics. Just bring no. fresh bread, and because the sandwiches do get soggy. They do. But, but I'll tell you what, there's another gorgeous thing that my mother, no Myrtle Allen, showed me how to make years ago. Now, this takes, this is, takes a bit of an effort. Uh, you take a, a, a lovely pan loaf, a good, really good quality pan loaf, cut, cut off the slight, half cut the top off it so that it's still uh, attached to the, oh, the bottom starving. of the loaf. Take out the middle and then uh, slice that into slices, butter it, and then make uh, make sandwiches, and then fill them back into the loaf, and you make it what we call a chest of sandwiches. So you have a complete picnic in a loaf, and that's really, really. It's a long way from the sliced pan and the cooked ham, isn't it? Oh no, we're not having sliced pan, and we're not having the ha- that ham either. We certainly are not. What about? Uh, we're actually doing <laughs> stuff at the moment on the on, on actually the makeup, the meat content of of sausages. They can be they yeah. can be they can be as high as forty six percent. And uh, sorry as low as 46% pork and as high as like 75 and 80% 80 pork. Do you know what I mean? I know. Yeah. And also, yeah, it's it's such a business now trying to get really good rashers and really good sausages anymore. But uh, sausages do need to have quite a nice to be juicy they need a, 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 a obviously a, a fat content they sometimes a, a, a good fat content they like really good pork uh, and they also need to have some crumb but my goodness they need to have plenty of pork in them they do and, I mean for, yeah. extraordinarily enough the Aldi sausage has yeah. 80% pork in it and it yet is, if you look yeah. then at, at Galti they can yeah. have as much as 50% pork in yeah. them do you know what I mean uh, the difference yeah, well, I, 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 I didn't, I don't know whether we're allowed to mention things, but I actually the the Tonakilty. Yeah, I would like you to mention one if you're recommending a well, good sausage. Look, uh, they, I, they, that we get them in our lovely local shop here in Shanagarry and they're as a, a basic breakfast sausage they're nice and juicy lovely to cook with a little bit of mustard I have no connection but I just you mentioned some brands so I just, I just say often oh listen we want, we want to hear what you would recommend and then Car Beg they also make lovely sausages they do as well. and beautiful yeah. rashers also yeah, yeah. and do uh, you know the other thing that's lovely to bring this because uh, simple 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 to make it easy so you can get out of the house uh, is you know watermelon and if you have one of those picnic boxes with uh, some ice or ice packs in it, bring a watermelon and that can be cut into chunks and be chilled and it's lovely uh, to have. And homemade lemonade or a, a nice lemonade or a chilled rosé or some elderflower. That's what they're saying, that the flask is gone and it's been replaced, apart from whoever is driving, with with sparkling wine, for instance, and Prosecco. Oh, yeah, no, but I like my flask too. I love to bring uh, a little tea uh, with me. I had some boiling water and uh, some... I'm a, I'm a 
leaf tea person, but I always bring Barry's tea bags to her. Gosh, what are we like? Shameless mentioning brands. We're not supposed to do that. Well, we're proud of them because they're caught. Yeah, Why very wouldn't proud we mention of them? them? So do you have That's a particular right. favourite spot before I let you go? Well, basically, they're, you know, they're lovely places everywhere. So I'm, I, I, but I do go out of my way, I have to say, sometimes drive everybody mad driving a bit further to find, um, you know, another a nice place by, a love by a river or Always searching for the next in, place. In the woodland or by the sea or, you know, somewhere where obviously uh, you feel that you're connected uh, to nature and all of that and somewhere beside a hedgerow or something. Uh, that's right. So I will go on and on. But it doesn't have to be necessary. Necessarily, a lot of those places you mentioned earlier are just the most gorgeous places. But I really want to be away from other people. Uh, I want to find a little corner somewhere in the field or beside a little babbling brook or something. Well per- said. Preferably. Well anyway, said. Well, we the word out at the moment yeah, now is that it'll improve again. Always have a picnic ba- basket in the in the boot of your car. You never know when you're going to need it. Well said, yeah. as Doreen yeah. Allen would say, be prepared. Thanks, Doreen. Never Dorina. leave home without a picnic. Yeah. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Take care. We were looking at um, different sausage content recently. I may come back to this uh, tomorrow, but just some of the ones that we looked at. Thank you, Dorina. Marks and Spencer's, um, their Irish pork sausage, 78% pork. Aldi, uh, I think this is amazing because a lot of the time you'd be kind of thinking, we'd be saying, looking, looking twice at, um, you know, the supermarket sausages. But uh, Aldi keep winning awards. They just keep winning awards. The Aldi special selected uh, butcher's choice, 80% pork. The ones that I had at the weekend were Rudd's sausages, 75% Irish pork. And then Galti, uh, there's no mention of Irish pork on the label and the sausages are made by Kerry Food. They also make Denny um, 50% pork. So lower in that regard. Isn't that quite low for the Galti sausage? Denny, we know of the gold medal Denny sausage, the jumbo particularly, which is good for barbecue. 56% pork. And the Mallon's Irish pork sausages, 52% pork. So I don't know whether you just grab sausages by virtue of their price or how you do it, but it might be worth checking the pork content in them if they can vary from, say, 52% pork in the sausage to as high as, as I say, the Aldi sausage, which is 80% pork. Imagine there would be a big difference also in flavour. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Gork's Red FM. So where do you like to go on a picnic? And indeed, what do you like to eat on a picnic? Uh, Maria says the best spot has got to be Timaleague. Happy memories there as a child and playing hide-and-seek in the graveyard in the old castle. Pack nice salads, cooked chicken, that's what Dorina said, cook a chicken, fresh rolls and a flask of tea. Dunwarley Beach, says Margaret. Mary says Agnes's Anne's Garden in Castletown Roach. Actually, on that subject, let me just have a quick chat with Mary, who is talking about uh, Anne's Garden in Castletown Roach. Morning! Good morning, Neil, is from it, lovely it, Castletown Roach. Is it lovely? Are you a native of the area? I am, and it's called Ansgrove Gardens. Ansgrove Gardens. You don't have to venture very far. What's the story behind it, Ansgrove Gardens? Well, um, Ansley's um, bought it years and years ago, actually. I worked in there with my sister. Um, my sister Anna was a parlour maid in there. Parlour maid? So when was somebody's I was young, big home, was it? Oh, yes, it was a big home, yeah. Have you ever been? No, don't know it. No. It's beautiful. Now, it was um, closed for years, but um, Patrick Ansley, the owner, uh, gave it to the Office of Public Works. So it has been closed for about two years or maybe more because they've been renovating, but it is now open to the public. Oh, my God, I'm looking at photographs of it now. The house is stunning, but the gardens are out of this world. 
Beautiful, absolutely. And the water well, I was born and reared just over the road from it. And as I say, my my sister Anna was there, and um, so I, I, my kids were young. Pam and Sarah, we used every Sunday when we'd look out, and if the sun was shining, I went to frying pan and the clanny kilty pudding sandwiches were made. So I wouldn't mind taking them up there now again. And what they would do you, the same what would you take, so if you were going on a picnic? What I would take is what I would take when I was taking Pamela and Sarah and they do it for their children, or Millie, Jack and Danny. I'd put on the frying pan, do the clannic hilti pudding and no butter, just a bit of brown sauce, wrap it in tin foil into the basket with a flask of tea and a packet of Kimberly biscuits. And away you go with the Kimberly biscuits. And away you go. Are they the but Kimberly now, chocolate or no Kimberly chocolate? Which oh, one? no, no. Back, back then, that's been going back 30 years, me. But they do it now with their uh, kids, as I said, Millie, Jack and Danny, and they picked up, but now they wouldn't be taking the Kimberly biscuits. They'd be having their own little trees, but back then it was the Kimberly biscuits. I uh, sure know they'd have they'd have salads and olives and hummus and all sorts of things, wouldn't they? No, all, no, no they well, not really. Well, they would now. They'd have that at home, but um, they've kept on the tradition that I used to with them, and uh, they love the clannie kilty pudding sandwiches. And I'd still have one myself, the maybe cl- here at the weekend. <laughs> a clannie kilty pudding have, sandwich. I'm going to I try don't that. have to. Uh, yeah, do that. Try that with a little bit of brown sauce. Oh, and it's absolutely And Grove Gardens, um, worth checking out in Castletown Roach. Thanks for that. Do call down to the beautiful village. Let okay, me go Neil, to, thanks. take care, Anne. Take care, Mary. Let me go to another okay. Castletown Roacher, no if you don't mind. Thank Sheila Kylie. Sheila, good morning. Hang on a second. I must punch on the right line here. She, so, actually, lads, I don't, uh, I don't see anybody in six, but maybe we'll come back to it in a few minutes' time. Mary says the regional park in Balancolic. Iona says Farron Woods past Balancolic. Turn off, not sure of the area. Myrtleville Beach says Jason for a picnic. Becky says Glengariff Nature Reserve. Susan talks of Donnerill Park. I'd agree with that. It's beautiful. Thankfully, more people are suggesting the one that I would definitely love a picnic in, and that's Gugombara. Um, others then saying Charles Fort and Kinsale, the marina by the Pond, another Donnerill Park here, Muckris Park, Gugambara, the loft in the Glen, great spot for cheese and biscuits, the lock. Why aren't people talking about a picnic on the lock? The Long Strand uh, on in Onahinsha, Rostellan in East Cork, Dawn Square for the picnic, says Donald. Always plenty of excitement. And if you get extra hungry, there's Spa or Centra and you get excitement in there as well. Um, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying when it comes to the excitement. Fitzjaws Park, don't forget it, like our proud ancestors did for many years before us. A picnic in Fitzjaws Park. Um, uh, actually, Sheila Kiley dropped on me, but she was talking about Blackwater Castle in Castletown Roach. And I will come back to that and lots more calls like it tomorrow. Just another view. Spike Island, Blackwater Castle in Castletown Roach, as they say. Uh, Castle Freak, another beautiful space. This place, the Slob in Yall. Um, and Ballycotton, or anywhere in East Cork, says Joe. I bring egg salad sandwiches in fresh white bread and a flask of Barry's Tay. An egg salad sandwich, sandwich with lots of salt and pepper is just an absolute joy. Um, meanwhile, can I just say, finally, uh, for the day that's in it, we have more family passes to give away. The weather will improve in about 10 days' time. Bear that in mind. It's going to come back again. Um, And I will tomorrow talk to the good people from the Butter Museum in Shandon. Today I'll give away three family passes for the Butter Museum in Shandon. And tomorrow I'll give out some more when I talk to the good people from the Butter Museum 
and they tell us all they do. So our phone lines are open on that now. 0818 104 106. We'll take callers 9- 10 and 11 and a family pass for each of you to go up and investigate the museum it deals with all of the development of Cork as a trading city not just about butter although it was the Cork Butter Exchange but that whole area was a massive hub of commerce for international export particularly Cork the largest butter market in the world at the time so all that and lots more besides in the morning have a good day I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.